offense picks, but like, what do you think that he's done that's really had like a huge effect on the country that you find really positive? Absolutely. Good question. So I, I started off myself personally and in my life, what helped me get to a certain place is I took away expectations and I, you know, I keep them very low. And then if someone does well, and, and especially for Trump, I really wasn't bullish about him. I thought he was just a billionaire, which he is. But, you know, I guess like sell out another politician. And I didn't realize what I consider is a matrix breaker. The biggest thing I really like is the wars in the Middle East, at least so far, you know, the Syrian war. I realized that we were funding both sides of the operation or at bare minimum funding rebels who seemed like they would work hand in hand. It's like they're fighting them. They're fighting them. The whole plot didn't make sense. It didn't work pretty much anywhere that they tried to implement it. So I was like, when is a president finally going to come along and be like, this doesn't work? And there's Trump on TV like, it doesn't make sense. Who are these people? And at the end of it, he really did cut off a billion dollar CIA program funding rebels. And it seemed like it really took away the power of ISIS and stuff. So I really like that. Did he though? Did he though? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 let me, let's get a... But I mean, when you look at the troop numbers, for example, like between Obama and Trump in Syria, at the end of Obama's presidency, there was maybe like under 300 troops in Syria. And Trump's administration bumped that up to 2,200. So how is that really ramping things down in Syria? Well, here's what I was referencing. There's a few articles. Um, this New York Times, behind the sudden death of the billion-dollar secret CIA program in Syria. So a big reason why you have rebels who are fighting Bashir al-Assad because they're saying he's a terrorist or something or he's like a bad leader, but they're also fighting ISIS. So it's kind of like a three-way war. And it wasn't like either ISIS is going to win and that's not good or the rebels will win and then who's going to lead the country you know it didn't really make sense so he did cut a billion dollar program and i know not just yourself but a lot of people don't want to give him credit for that because he didn't do enough and it's okay if you think he should do more i know some people are like oh i feel like he's going to start a war with iran or he's doing this but at bare minimum i think we have to give him credit for i've never seen a politician or a president cut a billion dollar cia program to me that's a pretty big deal well, presidents cut programs all the time when they serve their purpose and they're done. So they don't, you know, we don't have programs still going on for things having with the Soviet Union because the Soviet Union doesn't exist anymore. It's outlived its usefulness. But as far as Syria, Trump's, you know, he's actually increased engagements in Syria. He's increased troop numbers compared to Obama by almost 10 times. And when it comes to drone strikes, he's increased them by about 50%. And so civilian casualties have gone up about 215% under Trump. Well, we could go at those, but if you want to talk separate issues, you said, you know, people end programs when they're done to end. He specifically ended it. They weren't trying to end it. It wasn't at the end of its route. So that's, a, I think, a mischaracterization of what he did. I mean, unless you could really find evidence to, to, to yeah, back that up. Yeah, I'm talking about the, you know, the broader Syria issue. I'm not just talking about like one program. I don't even know necessarily the specific one you're talking about, but I'm talking about if we're talking his position on non-intervention and uh, you know military escapades and things like that. He's not. He hasn't necessarily been this you know dovish person that people are trying to portray him as. If we look at the hard numbers, yeah, I guess with this type of stuff, I'm I'm not weak and I'm not foolish. So I'm not the type of person that's like, okay, pull out of everywhere and cut the military budget by like 60%. That's never kind of been my philosophy, even when I was more left-leaning. I'm all for being strong 
and you know even presence wise as long as i know they're doing the right thing so obama's drone striking and you you said they increased isis is growing so at least trump in his pursuit of you know ramping up what may be troops and numbers it seems like the actual enemy is being just destroyed as opposed to obama where the enemy is growing and growing they took over major cities in iraq and syria how do we have the biggest military all this technology where you could track i mean i could track my food from like across town but we can't figure out where isis is and they don't even have a a, a um air force i don't think we were being told the truth and i think trump analyzed and was like i'm not going to get weaker but i'm definitely not going to allow this to keep happening and with within a year year and a half i mean isis lost all their um you know their strongholds in syria they're almost completely defeated and uh, even in Iraq, they, you know, they had control of major cities. There's no way that was just by chance in my, my perspective. So I think he's like a lot uh, of it was the Russians. The Russians did a ton to, you know, reduce ISIS's, you know, stranglehold on the region. I mean, they just bombed the crap out of them. Absolutely uh, not. Like but Trump said he was going to do. I mean, it, I guess we did things to some degree, but really we were working more in tandem with you know, the Saudis and the Israelis kind of get the whole Assad thing. We, we hated Assad more than we hated ISIS as, as far as that whole conflict goes, but the Russians were obviously on Assad's side, the Iranians were on Assad's side, and they were more anti-ISIS and all the rebel groups and all that jazz. So, Oh, absolutely, I mean, but you're, you're talking about from, you know, a Hillary Clinton who wanted to start fighting Russia. So we're gonna, we were gonna fund rebels, fight Russia, Trump specifically, and he got a lot of heat for it. He said, hey, I'm going to try to get along with them in that region. Like that, I think I agree with what you're saying, but that's specifically a trouble. Oh, yeah, you, we're not going to disagree on uh, Hillary being more hawkish and uh, creating more problems when it comes to foreign policy. But do, like I know you kind of have a similar, not that I'm not saying you are progressive because you're totally not, but the progressives who I like, their foreign policy, kind of similar to yours, you guys get it. But I feel like no one wants to give Trump credit. Like without him cutting that billion dollar CIA program of, of weapons funding to the rebels, without him. No, you can absolutely give him credit. I, I give him credit yeah. for you know saying he wants to draw down troops, but you know, we haven't really seen that drawdown happen yet. Yeah. I mean, we still have troops in Syria. He said it was gonna be 30 days and out in December. We still have troops there. Um, they're going to do a more gradual process and I, that's fine whatever yeah that that's where i'm on where it's like i don't expect him to because even i see people in the comments they're saying stuff like blame that they're saying messed up stuff about jews and that's becoming more like people who say that stuff sometimes but i'm like listen there's obviously elements of israel and jewish like there's but there's there's like 20 different battles going on and i think that's what people even in my comments sometimes don't understand where it's not just like america bad i agree we've messed up but I do think a gradual process makes sense because you have Israel, you have, you know, Saudi Arabia, you have China, you have Russia, you have bad people within our own, you know, agencies and government on the left and the right. So it, people try to paint it black and white and they're like, Trump needs to remove all those people and it's all going to be okay. But we're fighting multiple religious battles. We're fighting multiple financial and, you know, uh, military battles that with like China and Russia moving all over the, so it's, I feel like that's the one thing that people don't seem to get where they're like, dude, just end it already. And it's like, dude, he Trump's one guy in a, in a sea of like total madness. So I, I respect the fact yeah, that he's not. But at the same right time, then why, why is Trump hiring people like John Bolton? You know, why are they putting people like Elliot Abrams in charge of the whole Venezuela project, given his history? I mean, yeah, he's no. hiring. He's talking about draining the 
swamp, but then he hires a lot of these swamp people to serve in his, his administration. Mm-hmm. And he ends up firing a lot of them eventually anyway. So I don't understand why he's hiring them in the first place. A lot of people I respect on the left and the right uh, that, that I find that I trust the most agree with you completely with that stuff. And even me, I'm not, my expectations for him were here. Like I really thought he was just going to be same old. So the fact that he's, and we could talk about more of him later because I know you asked, the fact that he's already pulled the trigger on like eight things, I'm just, I'm taking the, the, the L's with the W's. You know where it's like, why is Bolton there? I don't understand it. I'm not a fan. I don't trust what we're doing in Venezuela because I don't like regime change. But what I find about the anti-regime change people, almost everyone besides myself, is they're anti-American regime change, which is totally fine. Like it didn't work in Syria, didn't work in Iraq, didn't really work in Libya. I don't think it's going to work in Venezuela. But nobody seems to talk about the fact that China and Russia are regime changing in a lot of places as well. Well, maybe not so much Russia. There's the situation um near their border which is is debatable but china is really going all over africa and even around here you know they're starting to go to venezuela i guess the argument is they say well they were invited you know russia was invited but if we're going to be anti-american regime change i do think we have to really understand that it seems like everyone's bracing for another world war so we don't want to be the people who pulled out while everybody jumped in yeah, I don't know about bracing for another world war. Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of China's activities are very concerning about them trying to become more of this, uh, you know, this empire. They're they're going out. The things in the South China Sea, very troubling uh, with the little islands and trying to control those areas. Yeah, it's a tough one. But I, I'm not I mean, saying there's going to be a I world war, but like say, say if me and you are going to box and then I'm like, I, I say like, dude, we're going to not box anymore. And every, all your people are like, dude, don't fight. You're peaceful. And then you you ramp down your stuff and then I get 20 guys with me and then we jump you, you know, like obviously metaphorically. But that's the type of thing where I feel like people are anti-American regime change. But it's kind of like a game of risk. Unfortunately, I don't think the world's a game per se, but if we don't have our chips on the line and China and Russia start ramping, 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 and then we're like, hey, we're non-peaceful. And they're like, well, guess what? We're, we aren't peaceful. And you just played yourself because we're in Venezuela. We're in Africa. We took over Europe. Like that's, I don't, I don't want it to happen, but I do feel like strategically people are bracing for, you know, at least being strategically set if there was some sort of war, but I hope not because atomic weapons, not a, not a play. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between, you know, invading countries and taking them over and basically annexing them versus trying to exert your influence in a region. Uh, so, you know, let's say the Soviets, they go into countries that are friendly to them, like Venezuela and I mean, Soviets, the Russians. <laughs> the Russians go into, the, you know, like Venezuela and they have good relations with them, strong ties. I mean, that's been the case for, what, like two decades already. Like, are we really supposed to go in there because they have good relationships with Russia? I, I don't think so. It, it doesn't make sense to me. And it's not in our interest. And we, and we end up getting blamed for all of it in the end anyway. And people are like, well, the, you know, Venezuela would have been great if it wasn't for the U.S. intervening and engaging in these coups like in 2002 or three or whatever. And it's just, it's not, we'd be so much better off if we didn't get involved in all these different you know, th- things that don't really concern us. I agree. No, I'm I'm anti-Venezuela regime change. I don't 
you know, it's not a major threat. I don't know why we're even getting involved. And you notice it's one of those things that the left and the right, you know, you can't get Nancy Pelosi and Trump to agree on anything, but it's like Joe Biden. It's almost like their program tweets where they're like regime change Venezuela. And you're like, oh my God, like I don't, I'm not for it at all. I guess I'm just rolling. I'm like, all right, he connected in, in war. It's interesting because Julian Assange got kicked off Twitter, but I really liked his Twitter where he was like, Trump might win the Nobel Peace Prize if he can not start a war with Iran. That's where I'm at. I'm like, just don't don't rock the boat too much of Venezuela and Iran and uh, keep keep trumping on. That's that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, if he could just reduce all the wars, I mean, he hasn't, but he's kind of ramped them up. But if he reduces the wars, that would be fantastic. I mean, I guess what's happening on the peninsula looks very promising. Uh, I think that's fantastic. That's great. You have to Mm -hmm. give him a lot of credit for that. Um, But, you know, increasing troop numbers in Syria, Iraq. I mean, you can make arguments for why he did that and then why he's going to eventually draw down anyway. Uh But, I mean, I think to say he's been super anti-war, you know, less uh, less hawkish than Obama is not necessarily true based on the numbers. I, hawkish isn't a word I would use, although that that could be debated. But I would say he's he's doing the right thing much more often. And I'm I've always been okay with a strong military as long as we're actually doing something productive. So I think the fact if he's ramping up numbers, but ISIS is actually decreasing and Syria is becoming its own state, and he's arguing for the people there. To me, that makes more sense than less less strikes, but somehow our enemies everywhere are increasing and slavery is just popping up in African countries. So it's I, I like his strategy. And even in, in North Korea, you know, at first people were like, dude, you're going to start a war. You're too you're going too crazy. But it's the art of the deal style where he just was like, bang, 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 bang. bang. And now he's like, you're going to be an economic rocket. And Kim Jong Un's like a little little kid looking up at his dad. He's like, thanks, dad. I'm going to be big like you someday. Like, you know, he, he made a he made a play there. No one no one saw that coming. Yeah, but how did that art of the deal work out with the, the wall negotiation? Didn't work out too well. I, I say to a lot of people as well, um, I think to to leftists especially, I'm like, you think Trump is bad? Like he's very liberal and honestly, like I think Bolsonaro and Salvini in Italy and Brazil go are going way harder than him. Like they're like I'm doing it where Trump is like, eh. you know, even a lot of conservatives like Ann Coulter and others are like, he is very slow moving and he's also not, he's not as aggressive and crazy as he could be. So I'm like, if leftists keep screwing up, like you might find someone 20 times worse than Trump. Cause I, I agree with you. He's not a, he's not as strong on certain issues. Cause I'm just like, build it, you know, get the military to build it. That's a, it's our border. If, if the military can build walls in Iraq and we could send, you know, $30 billion to Israel. I don't see why we can't build a wall. I don't, I don't understand. So you think if the, if the president fails to get something through Congress, he should basically go around them and act as like a sort of dictator and just get what he wants done because the Congress didn't give him what he wants. I wouldn't say that per se, but with certain issues, especially with a wall around the country, I don't think it's, not a military issue and i don't know if if military stuff i they've started wars in the middle east without congress i don't particularly agree with that at all but i i just common sense and pragmatic me just says build it i don't know at what point of course you can say common sense pragmatic build it but you know congress has to appropriate the funds and get it out there 
you know, it, it, it almost would have been less controversial if day one in office, he just said there's a crisis at the border and built the wall, as opposed to having gone through the process of trying to negotiate with Congress and then Congress saying, no, we reject your wall proposal. And then he's just like, well, I'm just going to go around you anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of extra constitutional stuff. I'm not a big fan of regardless of me talking about politics all the time. I'm not a politician and I can't stand politics. People are like, Ren, I, I, I hate politics because it is the the uh, yin and yang is like, it's great that it's slow moving because you can't become a dictator. But the bad part is it's so sold out on both sides that you can't get anything done. So it's like, do I want to, you know, not rock the boat and say well they're like we could take away the guns eventually with the emergency order and it's like uh i get what they're saying as far as it's the president being set besides the fact that people have used emergency orders for other stuff but to me i do think it's a military uh, it's a military situation although that still might need to go through congress in the sense of it is our border and these people in new mexico and california are saying we're telling the troops to stand down. Do, do they have the authority to do that? Like if someone waged war on us, can Gavin Newsom or the New Mexico mayor or whoever, you know, say we can't have the military there? They say it's a separate well, issue. But military. Gavin Newsom got rid of the National Guard and the National yeah. Guard, uh, at least for each state, I, I believe it falls under, like they're, the governor's the executive, uh, of, he, he controls the National Guard people for his state, I believe, so yeah and this division's not good because stuff like that now we're actively working against each other out of spite rather than out of common sense and, and pragmatism and th their stance is now just like oh you know like let's give them free health care just it's like dude come on my, my man so i just as a as a pragmatic person it's just like get get this thing done but it does i mean yeah but at the same time the constitution is still important i mean you know the rule of law in the country you don't want to just say well my guy's in office therefore i'm okay with all this extra constitutional stuff you got to stand up for the constitution it's kind of important you can't just say well trump trump is going to get it done he's going to be pragmatic and i like the wall so therefore uh i'm okay with him going around congress and violating the constitution. so what do they use even the emergency power yeah. stuff I mean, what have they used that for, though, kind of in the past? Like huh? What have they used that for in the past? Because there's a there's a record of every president yeah. using it one nine times, four times, six. So what did they use it for? Yeah. So mostly the time they used any sort of emergency powers thing, it's been to like block uh, property for people. So it's been like minor sanction things for like individuals like oh, this, uh, you know, this general in Myanmar or something let's uh basically sanction him it's like a sanction it's almost like a form of sanction that they use if you look at the list of all the emergency orders it almost always starts with like to block the property of and then block the property of it's almost always that but at the same time none of them to my knowledge have ever been passed as like a way to get around congress the emergency well, power. Why, the did, they do, why them, did they do? Why did they do that though? If they could just get that passed. Yeah, that was what I was trying to explain. Yeah. The reason they have the emergency powers thing is, is more of like a it's like a timing thing. If if the the president can respond to something that needs to be urgently dealt with, like in the moment, then they do the emergency powers because the Congress it's kind of like an inefficient system. It takes a long time to pass bills and things like that, so the president can act immediately and usually the congress is kind of like well we either approve or don't approve but there's never an emergency power that's been enacted as a result of the president not being able to get congress to 
do something. What, so what if, if Congress rejected a proposal? They never did an emergency thing to get around that. What if Russia and China, obviously hypothetical, if Russia and China stormed both of our borders left and right with ships and came in through the north and the south, does the president, in order to take military orders, does he have to go through Congress and wait for Congress to do it? Or does he have the No, that's why we have the War Powers Act and they allow the president to act immediately. That's what I was saying. Like there, there's well, nobody so in can Congress he use that? Going to can he use that to do this? Because I mean, you could say, and it if you talk 40 years ago before cultural Marxism and political correctness destroyed the minds of everybody, and you say, hey, there's over time there's been 30 million people here illegally that that's an invasion and i do agree with that those wording where they're like it's not it is an invasion it's just so slow and to, to be honest 40 50 000 people getting arrested per month at the border it's not as slow as people think so any other society on the on this world would be like that's an invasion you could use that act but we're so dumbed down it's like no so you know that's where i'm like at what point does it become act, like slow warfare and subtle warfare yeah, the problem is if it's been happening for decades and no one's done anything about it and the rate has been decreasing as time goes on, like with Trump right now, it's the lowest in like 20 something years or whatever. I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's pretty. It's, it's, it's like, it's like it's, getting, you can say it's still a lot, but it's lower than it's pretty much ever been for a long, long time. But is that my fault? Is that Trump's fault that there's been decades of incompetent leadership? Because in that on that same rate, it's like this. No, the, no one's saying it's his yeah. fault. But at the same time, well, you don't why get does to that legitimate emergency to get around Congress? You, you but, don't get to violate the Constitution. Well, you were saying the, the War Powers Act or whatever its name was that that is there that he can take immediate action if we're at warfare i don't see it as any less of a no, warfare not, not just because they just because they dropped the ball for decades they dropped the ball in the middle east they, they've been dropping the ball on everything so I, I to me that it's like well it's getting a little bit less but to be honest with all this lobbying for all the you know mainstream media saying come come we're gonna do this we're gonna do that we're gonna give you health care it's going to increase again it's going to get to the point where it's gonna get so bad and weird and with the caravans, it's it's like, all right, at what point is this a total setup? Like, oh, no, it's 20,000 people coming at once now instead of just like graduate. It's warfare to me. And uh, I, I don't think the fact that they dropped the ball for so long and lied about it and covered it up and pretended like they were going to do something. To me, that makes even more reason to just get it done and build the wall. Yeah, the, the language of warfare is not necessarily something I would use because if you use that language, then you can almost justify taking war actions against those people, like shooting them and stuff. So that's not something I'm a, I'm a fan of. But at the same time, Trump's policies, like the things he's actually done at the border, have resulted in less people coming over. So they have been more effective. There's people who, if you go, I think they did something about this in the, the New York Times or something. I think they talked to people who like they're just not up here anymore because they're they're scared of like Trump's policies and stuff. So it it is having a, an effect in the countries where people were originally coming to declare asylum and all that stuff. It's actually like they're not coming up as much as they were in years previous. No, he's doing he's doing good work with maybe his rhetoric is working, but that to me that doesn't mean it's still not a problem just because slightly less are coming. No, no one's and saying now well, some people are saying it's not a problem, but I'm no, not no, saying it's not no, a problem. No, no, I just don't I just the, don't think it's less of a problem just because slightly less amount of people. You could say that with the with the or, less, with the organization less. of caravans, it's even more dangerous. Who you know, who are these people? Why are they organizing in groups of five to ten thousand like there's some sort of you know, cabal that's just 
demanding entry. So it's like for where there's been less because of good work that he's done, I don't I don't see it as a reason why, you know, it, it makes it any less crazy. And like you were saying, with if you call it warfare and then you have justification to shoot people, obviously I don't want to get people shot. But what really bothers me in America is we're so soft to the point where no, it's like shame on you five different times. You might get a book deal and a million dollar you know contract with CNN. So we're re rewarding people for doing the wrong thing. We're re rewarding people for lying, for doing illegal things, for being pro-war. We have such a sick, disgusting culture at this moment where we're almost living in inverted reality. And uh, I do think there's multiple fronts of warfare. And uh, you know this one being an act of war, I, I believe, you know, I, I do. I, do I don't think know about act of war, but because who would you declare war really and then actually engage in, you know, war tactics. But at the same time, I it's just we're not disagreeing that, you know, we need to get tougher on immigration. It's just one person's advocating for extra constitutional methods of doing so. Well, no, 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 not with, not with the act that you said. There's, working there's, within the bounds of the Constitution. There's a there's legislation for that already. You even said it. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be extra constitutional. It's it's there. It's just the wording of it would be debated by some, including us. No, no, because you're saying you want Trump to do it through emergency powers and not. Well, I'm saying I want him to get it done. If if there's a if there's a you know, if there's a bill, what, what's the name of it? The War Powers Act or? Yeah, but the thing is, even those things are not. But your, re your reasoning for saying it's not war doesn't make any sense. You're saying it's because they messed up for a year and it's slightly better than it was a couple years ago because of his rhetoric. How do, in any way does that justify that it's not a problem? I'm not saying it's not a problem. I'm saying the, the, the president can't just unilaterally go around Congress after Congress rejected his proposal. And then just say, well, I'm going to act as dictator and just, you know, anytime I want to get something done, if you don't give it to me, I'm just going to declare it an emergency. Yeah, but no, it's not even, I, I, at I least feel, at he least is trying to do advocate that. Advocate for getting rid of the Constitution if that's what you want. But uh, I don't think that's what you're, you're saying you want. Absolutely not. But it's just like at a certain point, if, you know, even I'm bracing now for the fact that all of society might completely deteriorate. So I, I believe in the Constitution. I believe in these laws, but I'm also a common sense, pragmatic person. And the truth is what a lot of conservatives don't want to admit is the Constitution is just a piece of paper that we claim to follow and haven't really in many ways. So at the end of the it's day, social construct, you're saying, well, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's like if if this society and this government deteriorates any further than it is, it is going to be wild west in a situation of if we did get invaded from all fronts now if he waited or it or waited like he would have a, a very hard decision to make it's like do i do this is it an emergency is it that do i get at it and at a certain point if we deteriorate completely none of this honestly really matters you know and it's getting very close to that yeah point but i mean like, th that could be used as a justification for anything that could be used as a justification like this whole doom and gloom scenario of like what if could maybe possibly happen they could use that as a justification to take everyone's guns what if there was a insurgent well, population if, that used our gun laws against us they used to actually make the argument they used to say al-qaeda's advocating for uh the, you know terrorists to go and buy guns because it's so easy to buy them and they could use it against the american population we must confiscate guns all now through emergency powers you know you could use that same rhetoric like rationale to get that done
And I'm sure you we're, wouldn't we're tre- that. So yeah, we sh- we're treading on very, we're treading on very, very, very dangerous waters on all fronts. If you have yeah, no, so let's if, not do that. But here's what I'm saying: if you, I, I, I feel you. But if you have no borders and you have politicians who are trying to give free healthcare to illegal immigrants, and your entire media and education system has been cultural Marxized to the point where people don't know up from down, we're treading on the point of like pure like I, I, communist anarchy, which are two different completely things. But that's why it's like psycho where you're like big government, no government. Like we're we're at the point where there almost is no rule of law. And that's where Trump is very important. I think as that's well, where a it's little, like, hey, I understand the rationale. Behind it, is it though? There's a, there's a billionaires. That have, there's billionaires that have raped two year old kids and not seen a single day in jail. We don't have a rule of law. We we it's for decades. Which we've started wars. I mean, do the research. I don't want to name names, but just search. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you Google it, you'll find it. That's I know all Jeffrey I Epstein got involved in some underage. No, stuff. there's some um, underage rape, not a day in jail, just rehab. You know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not a whistleblower. It's mainstream okay. news, but just yeah, you'll you'll find it. You're a witty guy, but it's 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 that bad where you know these wars were they passed by Congress? I don't believe so. So we've and I'm I get what you're saying. I I completely agree in the sense of it's a very slippery slope. But I am at the point now where it's like, okay, if we don't have a border and we have politicians who are lobbying for everything else besides American values, we almost don't have a country. If we have most of our politicians, especially left, left-leaning politicians, they don't want ICE. Okay, semi-debatable, but I don't agree. They don't like the police. They, they don't like pretty much anything that has to do with rule of law and basic things that hold society together, whether it's culture, language, law, board, like they're anti pretty much everything. So I'm, I'm bracing for the point of like, okay, it's the best of. Yeah, but you're taking the most extreme elements and kind of applying it to, you're making it sound like it's, it's these people versus these people. And these people don't believe in police versus these people do. I mean, the amount of people who believe in actually abolishing the police is incredibly small in the United States. If you polled uh, even the, the, first of all, the Democrats in Congress asked, do you want to abolish all state police? Well, no, no, that, that I, ne- I never that. said they were trying if to that. abolish all the police. That's a total straw man argument that I never said. But no, you said they're, ant- they're no, against abolish like, ICE the and they're against the, if you did a poll and said, do you like the police or do you love the police on the left? What do you think the percentage? Oh, is yeah. If be? you want to talk about like their feelings, like, do you like they don't like the police? Them? Yeah, that's what I said. They want to abolish yeah. ICE. Some of them, not all of them, but they don't like them. But that's what I'm saying where I'm not. I've had bad interactions with the police. That's why I always say I'm not like number one police conservative where I'm like blue lives matter. Like, I'm just not doing that. Uh, but if you don't have police and you don't have a like it's it's fringing on the part of like you have more right and power and you have more favor in the media if you're a criminal and illegal they're they're looking to bend over backwards for you where if you're a law-abiding citizen who wants to own a gun because you're afraid of these psychopaths ruining everything they call you a terrorist like i i understand that it seems extreme but i i think we are bored like these the fabric that holds society together whether it be language borders society uh laws these are not these these could disappear in a second and people we're very close to losing what makes us a functioning society i believe maybe you think we're further than we are but i'm at the point where one election and i see it all slipping away very quickly yeah i think a lot of us get a skewed perception of how divided things really really are i mean if you 
go on Twitter, like we are, where you're on, you know, political YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah, things seem really bad when you're on there because everything just seems so divided and like screw you and everyone's looking to take each other down and dox one another. But go out into the real world and you ask people questions, like most of them don't even know anything about politics. They don't care. Now, that's, all, that's actually a big problem because then it allows a lot of those more radical people to kind of do these things and have like the, the you know, the, the silent majority just not say anything. But at the same time, these, it's not mass people who are just, actually getting these things, you know, these negative things done. It's, it's a very small select group of people. I agree that the people overwhelmingly are extremely good people, but I would think of it at, to, to put it in an illustration of if you have millions of people who are sheeped into pressing a button and that button's killing other people, you know, it's it. I get that they're, they don't mean to do it, but if they're going to elect and follow and vote in these people who are going to do extreme things that are going to crumble society, I don't see it as any less dangerous. The people are great. Most people are amazing. Even most politicians, I'm, I'm under the thought of like they're so up their own asses and probably so into these lies that they actually believe themselves. Like, I don't even think they're as bad as people think. Yeah, you're I saying just think it's incompetence. So evil yeah and they're so far gone that like once you get to that point you're just so wrapped up in shame and lies that they probably actually think they're somewhat doing something right maybe not though maybe they're horrible people either way i understand it's <laughs> it's tough but it's like some I, I, are uh, of course horrible people and most 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 ground level people democrats liberals progressives are very good people with very good intentions i don't disagree with you but if they elect people and the agenda that they're pushing, which I'm, I believe that, or it's funny because I think Cortez and Omar, they believe that stuff. They're like the young kids who believe it. But I don't think Schumer and Pelosi, like they're like, oh shit, these kids actually believe us. Like we were just saying that. So I find the dynamic hilarious of like the older Democrats. I don't actually think they believe what they've been preaching against Trump. The younger ones bought into every single lie. They're ready to you know, burn it all down for, for climate change. Well, they don't, they don't necessarily even believe in the same things. I mean, for example, Pelosi is really open about wanting to go into Venezuela and, you know, do what the administration is doing. You know, people look Ocasio-Cortel or AOC and Ilhan Omar, they're clearly against that sort of stuff. No, and no, the programmer who's yeah. very pro-Israel. And then you got AOC and Ilhan Omar who are not as you know, open. They're not going to APAC and stuff. So they are pretty different and they're they're not like really shy about their difference no absolutely what i'm saying is like the younger generation is the one who bought into every leftist lie although i would say that even the cortezes they are right about a few things and then wrong about a lot so i oh, give yeah, them i give them i like that she points out some of the things that nobody ever points out like when all those homeless people and stuff are outside of and they're like yeah lobbyists hire those people as a you know like standing in line for to get access to politicians and it's like Whoever talks about that, but that's a good thing to mention. She's a, she's a wrench like a, a Trump, although I think he's more competent, but that's the product of nobody liking these Democrats. And now you get someone where I think their overarching agenda is awful and very dangerous, but they're connecting on things. And that's why people like them is because even if you say she's 20% authentic, that's still better than zero. Like, you know, Pelosi and Schumer to me are just so bland that it's there's nothing really there to grasp onto so i i get why they exist and i'm starting to actually despite probably all my followers uh you know what they want i'm starting to enjoy it because i'm like oh she's the wrench in their in their system but on, on that last note just to see where we're at and then we can move on 
I feel what you're saying, but I, I think maybe our difference is where how close I think Although people are great, I, I realize that our constitution is a piece of paper. Our laws are an unspoken rule that are held together by lawyers and judges and politicians and jails. It's it's a very thin line, I feel like. It's a very fine line of like everything's good, but everything could not be good very quickly. That's why I'm very grateful and appreciative. That's why I don't like to rock the boat too, too much. However, I, I think we're extremely close to all of those being completely perverted. And what I've seen in the last decade, we're already further along than I think maybe you would say. But I agree with you that people are good overwhelmingly. I just think we're a lot closer to the fabric of society that holds us all together being completely perverted past the point of, uh, you know, normal return or at least without some sort of revolution that I don't want to hap have happen. I think we're closer than than i want to be to that yeah and i think the approach of giving basically trump dictatorial power and disregarding the constitution gets us more like it gets us in that direction of like breaking down the fabric of society and you know revolution way faster than if we actually adhere to the constitution and the rule of law because if you keep i mean that that's what societies have argued for so long all the countries where they eventually said, okay, you know what, we just want a strong man dictator and they give that person that power because they felt like things were breaking down and they wanted things to get better. It has always led in a worse direction anyway. So uh, I, I wouldn't argue for more uh, dictatorial extra constitutional power for Trump. I think he needs to work in Congress. And if it's really that big of a problem that society is going to break down and collapse, well, then people need to vote for people who are going to get the job done. But if they don't, then I guess we live sword die by the sword i guess here's here's a, a thing that we might not see eye to eye on it too now that i'm hearing you say that where i agree with most of it but i guess you think if trump does something that that they consider ir irrational or you know that they wouldn't have used an emergency order they're pushing the pretense of we, we can do it for this and and that opens the floodgate of non-constitutional uh power but my thought is we're if a democrat or progressive wins whether trump gets this wall bill or not via you know a bill that is constitutional that he can maybe stretch the meaning of or the other way i don't think it's any less dangerous just uh, like i'm at the point where if if a progressive or a democrat wins they've gone so far left and just so far on the side of what i consider to be just completely factually statistically wrong that them in office they're already of like authoritarian mindset to begin with so i find a lot of the things they pro project onto trump they are so i i don't think if he doesn't do it doesn't build a wall doesn't use the war powers act or stretch the emergency meaning i don't find them any yeah, but less that's, dangerous. I, I didn't make that argument I'd say if trump does that that means necessarily that the other people will do this that's never been my argument my well, argument no, no, is it's opening the floodgate yeah. to anti-constitutional I'm, I'm just saying i don't see maybe you think if if we like i things have been stretched and and misused so much and not justifying it per se but i don't see a leftist leader at this point not leading us to nearly hell on earth and i you know maybe that seems like a stretch to you but i i don't i don't know that they're gonna stop regardless of what happens or not like i, I find them on a path of complete destruction but so why don't you just advocate for getting rid of elections just say trump remain dictator and shut down the elections well, no, that's ex extremely dangerous. I'm not trying to rock <laughs> the whole system. I want people to vote. Violating the Constitution in a different way isn't as dangerous. 
Well, I don't think it's a violation of the Constitution if you use the act. I, I do believe, I mean, fit 30 minutes, ask any society in humanity if 30 million people, 20 million people, more or less, entering your country illegally and then working with politicians, getting votes in, in, in San Francisco, you know, if that's warfare or an invasion, every society besides the United States is saying, yes, China would not allow this. Russia would not allow this. Mexico probably wouldn't even allow this. No, no sane country in the history of, of the world would ever not consider this an invasion. Invasion. It's only because we've been so broken down by political correctness and cultural Marxism. So I personally don't think it is constitutional. I consider it uh, warfare, you know, as far as I, I think it's it's no different than being people coming on boats to the sides. If any country did that, that he would be able to act without Congress. So I, I don't see it as different or un unconstitutional. But so where's your justification in the constitution for that action? Well, I don't, I don't know as far as what's the war powers act that you were referencing earlier. Is that not a, a bill not that's been passed? Was well, that a bill that's passed? From, I think the seventies. Well, is, huh? is that then that's legal and not anti-constitutional, correct? No, first of all, he's not. Even, no one's even arguing that he's he's using the War Powers Act to get any of this stuff done. That's that's different. That's more of like if you wanted to go to war, or send troops, to the country, sort of thing. It's it's a power that Congress decided to delegate to the president. Even though you would, people would argue that the Constitution doesn't allow Congress to delegate their authority that's explicitly in the Constitution to the president. So I would argue that that act is actually unconstitutional. But the point is, he's actually using the Emergency Powers Act in a way that it was never intended to be used and is just like straight up unconstitutional because he went to Congress first, Congress explicitly rejected his proposal. I mean, they still gave him money for the wall, but it was less than he wanted. And he's just saying, well, I'm just going to, you know, round that and decide to just do it anyway. So that, that's, that violates, that's against the Constitution. It's very murky waters. If we if we're getting invaded and, Be clear. and here I'm not, but I'm saying if if we're getting invaded, which I and millions of people believe that we're doing, and Congress doesn't want to do anything about it, they're kind of asking for a revolution, and that's what I'm. I don't want this to happen. These are very murky waters. I and millions of others believe we're getting invaded. If Congress doesn't want to do anything or act on it, at what point are they not, you know, for? basic american values and basic safety like to me make that case to the american people they're the ones elected they know it they know acting no that they way. know that's why i'm saying i, I don't want to advocate for something that's unconstitutional but we're getting to the point where it doesn't even matter and they're going to spark something very serious but that's in what, your opinion what, apparently what part of the, the country disagrees with you so what you're part saying, of the i know better than half the country and that, this is how like, part all of these the, bad ideas like, come to What part of the Constitution says that you can't protect your country? What part of the Constitution says that illegals can come in and vote? What part of the Constitution says that a guy who pretends to be Mexican can advocate to tear down a wall around? Like, at what point does that become borderline terroristic? And that's, that's unfortunate. So, yeah, like, that's not how the Constitution works. The Constitution delegates powers and it says what you can do and you basically can't anything outside no, i agree that. but if you don't have a if you don't have a country the constitution doesn't matter 
you know, okay, but that's that's your argument. You're saying that. But we're if, not we going to have, wall, if, if, if we don't, if we don't have a wall, if we don't have the wall, no. But if we I, don't have a, I guarantee right. you. I got, give me a timeline. When are we not going to have a country if Trump doesn't build this wall right now? Within a decade, we're if leftists gain power on their, if they win office, if and, they gain and do power, it. let's say let's say it's a Republican administration, but there's still no wall all the way up until uh, like for a decade. It's going to no at this current rate with not just the wall, just every mistake we're going to doing is going to get uglier than people want to really understand. If we continuously bring in tens of millions of people from the south, if we have people lobbying to bring in 60, 70, 80,000 people from Somalia, let's bring some ISIS people back. Why not? You know, the war is over. This is a path to de destabilization, I, I truly believe. And here's here's the thing, the Constitution, I, I feel what you're saying, and it's it's a very murky water, but the Constitution only matters because we have the United States of America. The Constitution does not work in Mexico. The Constitution doesn't work in Europe, clearly. It's only if we have a country. If you have no border, you literally don't have a country. So if we don't even establish that border as our country, the Constitution, I agree with you. Now it doesn't matter. Now people are getting their guns and they're bracing for what we would consider a you know complete revolution or a complete anti-American takeover from people who aren't our leaders. And that's how a lot of people feel. I know half the country does, doesn't, and they're out protesting in pussy hats, but half the country does. And they're, it's the police, it's the military overwhelmingly and probably the strongest, most well-equipped Americans. And people don't want to go there. Like, I'm not advocating for a world war or a civil war. I'm just saying the half of the country that's extremely well-armed and probably 90, 80% of the military and police force, we want an actual country. And without an actual country, an actual border, and actual laws that people follow, they're called lawmakers and they're advocating for illegals to come in then they should lose their job because they're lawmakers that don't follow the law. So without a lawmaker that follows the law, you don't have law. We do, we're, the rule of law and the basic fabric of society that holds us somewhat constrained is all but disappearing, I think. Way closer. All if not but disappearing? Here. You really think? Absolutely. There's there's, the streets, there's, there's right? billionaires like, we just raping two-year-olds and not seeing a single day in jail. We don't even okay, have... You're taking a, anecdotal a, examples of things which you're not even telling me who this person is that raped a two-year-old but i don't think how many wealthy people have how many how many society has how, all the same how many problem. people that how many people that caused the financial collapse that literally affected almost everything you know how many billions of taxpayer dollars to all of these corporations who couldn't you know cut it how many people saw a day in jail there's a movie about it uh you know the big short Nobody saw a day in yeah, jail. I'm aware. And I, that's, you can that's, do that's anything. Activity, but that doesn't we mean don't all have of the society has collapsed. We don't have law for the wealthy. We don't have law for politicians. We don't have law for illegals. So you're like, when? Yeah, when I'm, is I'm the not, rule of law not? When is the rule of law not going to matter? Where, like, when are we going to get to the point where it doesn't matter? We're already living in it. It's just no one really, really recognizes for the for yeah, the but wealthy. At the same time, you're you're pointing to abuses of a system and using it as a justification to basically throw out the baby with the bathwater. I'm not throwing I'm out totally the baby with the. With I'm that. just saying it's the baby's been thrown out and the bathwater's out, <laughs> and half half the country is well equipped and ready for. See, what that's what I think. I think. I agree with certain sentiments of what you're saying, but I think you take it to it's like the end stream and saying we're basically almost already there. And I think that's we super are, dangerous. Though, when you we're look, at the point of, you, look, you, look where on, they've got. Hold on a okay. second. Hold on a second. If, 
if you're saying like things are so bad and all this stuff, like look at the murder rates have gone down 50% in the last like 20, 30 years. You look at all these different metrics, like the world is doing so better. We are doing so much better as a country. I think a lot of this sort of hyperbolic language about how everything's going to shit, we're all fucked all the time. People have been saying that for decades. I, I agree there's a lot of problems and we have to address them, but to engage in this hyperbolic nonsense and to say that we need to basically throw out the constitution because it's just a piece of paper and our country's no, at stake. We need I wanna, I dictatorship wanna... right now, basically. I'm not going to agree to that. I'm not trying to throw it out. I'm trying to save the sanctity of our country, what makes it a country. But I agree with you. I'm very optimistic. By throwing it out. No. By saving, it doesn't matter if you don't have a country. That's what I'm saying. Right now, it's course, bordering no, at the point where the thing is, you're saying there's what not makes it, be a what country. makes it, what makes it work. It doesn't even work really now. They, how, why do we start the war in Iraq? How, how, in what way does it not work? Like, how did they? Start, no one's saying it's perfect, start, but it works better than almost everywhere. How else did they in the start world? the wars in the Middle East? Did they ask Congress? No, they delegated the power to the president to go. They gave him an authorization for the use of force. Why didn't they go through Congress for that? They did. I I don't believe that's true. With with they didn't declare war. We haven't declared war since World War II. But the president goes through the War, war Powers Act. They they take their action and the Congress Act approve. They kept approving funds for the war. Like they did approve that shit. I don't know. I will have to look at that. I don't know that that's true. I don't believe. What are you, you talking? They, they have people. Hillary Clinton voted for the war in Iraq in two thousand three. Why are congressmen on the right and left from Rand Paul and Ted Lieu? How come they say that they didn't approve that Congress didn't approve a lot of these wars? They've both both said that they, they didn't vote for a declaration of war because we haven't voted for one of those since World War Two. But people voted for the for, for authorization for the use of force on the war on terror and all that stuff. No, I, I don't disagree. I know obviously things have passed in that, but I don't know a fit the official declaration of war in the official. No, we haven't declared war since World War II, but we have, they've, they've done it uh, through different ways where they say like, people voted for the war in Afghanistan. They voted the war in Iraq. They just didn't officially go through the constitutional method of declaring war because generally it's they they Well, you're just, you're saying like, it then. They didn't go through the official the constitutional method. That's the same, that's the same wording. Oh, I agree. Of what, yeah. I, I agree. It's illegal. Yeah. But I, I and it's life has gotten better. I'm very bullish on on the world in America. I'm not giving up at all. I'm the opposite. I, I think it's the best time ever. Murders are definitely down. Lifestyle is better. We're very privileged. We have technology. We have opportunity. We have the internet. Greatest time ever to be alive. I don't agree with you. I don't disagree with you. Excuse me. Where I guess I'm saying is like the fabric that holds all this together. I'm not I'm not saying that it's worse. It's way better. But it's a very fine line where I do believe that mental health and, and community and language and barriers and the, these things. And, and now that, you know, time is coming and the, the demographics are shifting into a, a point where we're at a whole different place in society. And that's great. I'm personally mixed with four different ethnicities. Uh, I'm not it's not like a white thing. Like there are certain people on the right that are like, I want that's not what it is with me but it is like a cultural thing of like we're at a crossroads and if we choose the wrong path i do believe it's it is past the point of no return where in certain societies like things can go from here to here very very quickly to the point where in 10 years i could look and be like man we had everything and we blew yeah, it i don't disagree with you believe yes yeah, societies are a lot more fragile than i think people want to admit i mean a lot of people don't understand this they take everything for granted because things have been pretty great for their entire life 
but things can go to shit very quickly. But and they're close. I don't think that's an excuse to just throw out the Constitution. No, I don't want to throw it out. I want to save it because. But you're saying you because, know, because you're saying, oh, we have to give Trump this extra constitutional power of declaring an emergency to build the wall, even though Congress rejected his proposal. I'm saying that's not how it works, and you need to actually, if if it's that bad of a situation, dude, you got a YouTube channel, you got a lot of people on Facebook. Convince those people and have them talk to other. Win the war of ideas and convince people, no, change their minds. We're, and if we die because everyone's so fucking stupid <laughs> that they're going to vote for really, really bad policies that end up destroying this country, that's how things go. We don't just advocate for a dictatorship and say that's going to save the country because it's almost never saved any country when people have decided to just give extreme amounts of totalitarian, authoritarian power to some, you know, uh, what, what's the word uh, for it? Uh, oh, I forgot the word. We're just some dictator. It's, it's not, it never works out in uh, history. First of all, we're winning the war of ideas. We, we're, we're doing that. And it's, it's been a great couple of years, but I don't want to throw out, you keep saying, I want to throw out the Constitution. I'm trying to save it because the, the Constitution only matters if you have an actual country. And we're, and you don't I, save it by violating it though. Cause we don't, just right now, we're it. at the point of not having a country when you have over the course of a couple of decades that's an opinion of yours no it's I don't not no no listen, here, listen to the facts i'm about to say and then you could decide if, if these facts are an opinion over the last couple of decades you've had tens of millions of people come to the point where the demographics are shifting from not even really the country a border that is is not is is open completely there is without america the constitution doesn't matter like in the middle east anywhere that islam is a majority they go by Sharia law. And I'm fine with that. It doesn't bother me. That's your country. Do it there. But when it, when the demographics shift, it becomes Sharia law. So the what if Pakistan was trying to run by a different constitution and that comes into play, the, that constitution doesn't matter anymore. We're reaching that point, not with Sharia law. It, you know, we don't have that many Muslim population per se, but we're reaching the point where if the demographics shift in a certain way, the constitution that I want to save and protect, not throw out, literally won't, if you don't have a country, the constitution means nothing. The constitution was made by mostly Christian white men, to be honest, who, or, or Protestant, or I don't know what d sect they claimed it by, but they wrote those set of laws for this country. And this country's becoming, and not just because of race or religion, we're fine with that, but because of straight, no border, no you know, rule of law, politicians actively lobbying for the pretty much perversion of the laws that they themselves passed. To say we don't have rule of law is really disingenuous. We are extremely close to it literally basically not mattering. I believe that we're extremely close. Friends, and and like we have rule of law. And we have much better off. Like we have rule of law for some. We're way better off on rule of law situation. I think we have rule of law for some. If you have a good lawyer and uh, enough of money, that's the it case doesn't... in every country in the world for no. all of human history. That's been the case. I don't. I'm not disagreeing, but we are extremely close to not having a country. I and I firmly believe that because anywhere, I mean, what's your what's your thought of? Because I kind of rambled on. What's your thought about what I said? If the demographic shift in certain countries in the Middle East, and now it's happening in Europe. It's and that's that's debatable to what extreme that's happening to. But the original ruling 
doesn't goes out, whether it's Iran or other Muslim countries, it becomes that. So do you think that's a possibility if our demographics shift here enough that the Constitution will literally just not even be there? And if we don't have borders, like, Did you say the demographics shifted shifted in Iran. No, 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 I'm saying when the demographics shift here, but in Iran, you know, they had a revolution, which partially, if you look into that, there's people who meddled in it. But if Islam, yeah, the United States basically no, created that whole situation. I'm not disagreeing. I've talked about that many times, but yeah, that wasn't a demographic shift. That was a that was external force. That I'm saying that. demographic shift here, over there, you know, anywhere that that Islam is gone, and I'm not. I there's when I talk about certain things, I'm not blaming just Islam. Like people will be, like, yeah, I I totally understand America's involvement in that. I've spoken of it many times. There's a lot of people to blame, but there's nowhere in the world, at least at this point, and not everyone was was United States or foreign intervention, where there's a majority of Islam that is that rule of law. You know, there, that rule of law becomes into... Sure. I mean, play. I don't know. What, we, we, we don't really need to make that case right now for the United States because... Well, you think like, we don't... You think we don't need to make that case. maybe. 1% no, I, of the but I'm not talking... I'm like saying really that nothing. that thought process, do you I not understand what you're saying. With the, in, the demographic and, and, thing. Yeah, and in Mexico, there isn't really a rule of law like there's here. There's kind of a rule of law, but there's certain groups like the cartels where they're above it. They'll just murder a, a journalist or a politician in broad daylight and nothing seems to happen. The murder rate in Mexico is statistically the highest it's ever been in recorded history. So it's not going to be a Muslim demographic uh, ideology shift, but, but there is a is, there is isn't a threat. that good actually it is prove a threat. how strong rule of law is in the United States right for now? now. For, yeah, for now, yeah, for now. and Juarez, they're literally on opposite sides of the border, mm -hmm. and you just have extreme differences. El Paso, one Wait, of the safest opposite cities. sides. What are they? Juarez, sides one of the, of the most what? dangerous cities on the planet. Opposite sides of the what? The, the border? border. Yeah. So should we <laughs> should we tear it down like Beto says? No, I, I we're not. I don't think we should tear down any border. I think we but should what, make the what wall. Separate, saying, what what separates our countries there? It's a border to me, I, and I it doesn't seem like even a constitutional or a congressional thing. Like there is no country with no border to the point where I almost think. People should go down and build it ourselves. Like all the, all, you know, all the Trump supporters that are handy should just go build it. Like, I don't. I, but even when there wasn't a border between Juarez and El Paso, you still had way giant differences between, you know, the crime rate in Juarez versus the crime rate in El Paso. It's because of the nature of our states and our laws and the enforcement of those laws and the societies and the culture. It's it's a lot of different factors. It's not just a wall that makes difference but i agree the wall you should put the wall there but don't just don't do it through you know sort of uh emergency powers because the congress can give you what you want you know that it, part of the deal well he really screwed that one up then i guess we can we can wrap it up with uh i do agree that for the last two years before the last election happened they've totally blown it and i think uh even people here will agree with you where the republicans blew it Trump definitely probably held off on it and then had questionable what happened? tactics. They had the freaking House and Senate for two years. They did nothing on the wall. What was that about? I don't disagree with you. And even like someone was telling me yesterday in person, this is a little side note, but they were like, dude, what's up with the SNL tweet? Like, I love most of his tweets, but I don't agree with that one. Like, I, I SNL, I do think is propaganda, but he's like, we got to look into that where if I stand up for political correctness and comedy, I do agree that the TV is propaganda, but I was like, bro, pick, pick your battles. So 
I don't disagree. I think they they blew it for a year or two, and it, it it shouldn't have had to come down to this. And now that it is, it's an unnecessary circus on every angle. And it it is a. Uh, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. And I I do and think it's thing. like the House. Remember, remember when uh, Pelosi and Schumer were in the office with Trump, and then he was like she's like why don't you pass it through the house and he's like well we could but then it's going to get stuck in the senate and she's like no you won't do it because you don't have the votes but then they passed in the house he called her bluff and he passed it in the house and it went to the senate well why didn't harry reed just use the nuclear option like he did for the supreme court nominations and they would have had the wall i don't like pretty much anybody wait, wait, did in i say harry reed yeah not, not harry reed fuck uh <laughs> what's his name schumer uh, i mean uh mitch mcconnell no, not schumer the mitch, guy mitch mcconnell the, mitch mcconnell that's right yeah Mr. Turtle Man, I like him. He's like, yeah. He's and like, he, the, he used the nuclear option for uh for Kavanaugh, but he didn't use it in this case for the wall. Like I, the sixty votes thing is actually not in the Constitution. It's not uh the the filibuster is not in the Constitution. He has the power to go over the Senate and to get rid of that and to pass the wall, but he didn't do it. I like Rand Paul pretty much. No one else. I really I like Trump. I like Rand Paul. The rest of them, I can. Rand Paul agrees with me on the on the wall situation. He doesn't want Trump to go around Congress and to just put that up there. Yeah, no, it's I I feel it, and there's got to be hopefully another option. I'm just getting to the point where I don't know at what point these all kind of crumble. But very a very valid argument, and uh, I it's it's murky waters for sure yeah, very dangerous waters I, it's interesting though all right we'll, we'll move on let's see um sure yeah. yeah anything else you wanted to question me about trump on as far as like other things i like i guess media I mean, name them if you want yeah the, one that supersedes everything as well for me is the media mind control and also just like total what I consider like cultural Marxism or total ownership over people's minds from the entertainment industry to now, you know, even comedy TV shows to newspapers where I feel like they kind of control the minds of the masses. And regardless of, you know, left, right, it seems like they have a stronghold on it. And Trump is the first or one of the only politicians I've ever seen really go hard at the media. And I think once the media cracks, people will have you know, a, a, a bigger mind for themselves and be able to make these tough decisions and, and such. So that's to me is like invaluable. The fact that he's gone so hard at the media is very uh, good for me. Sure. I like that he goes after the media a lot and he did the whole like the fake news. Like orig originally fake news was actually something that the media was. You remember, like that was a term that they created and he used it against them basically. And now it's basically like a, a Trump term. But when you talk about how the media has a hold on the minds of the american people i actually disagree i think they used to have much more of a stranglehold back in the day because people used to trust the news way more back in the day and you had a much larger percentage of americans who were getting their uh their media from mainstream sources and tv and newspapers and all that that's gone down because of alternative media and if you actually look at polling people say they trust the media much less than they did you know 20 30 40 years ago do you think that Trump is a huge reason for that? I mean, internet, obviously, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I think he contributes a lot, yeah. Yeah, him and even Bernie, for as, as annoying as Bernie was to me, it was following Bernie that I, I already knew the media was messed up, but it showed me exactly politically how messed up it was. So it was his campaign, not really his, his words, but his movement 
that made me realize that it was totally, totally corrupt. And uh, I guess like that, the Syrian wars, um, the fact that he's just like, to me, seems extremely pragmatic. Do you not? And I know like you're nuanced, you know, you got the shirt, you got the vibe, you got the glasses, but do you not, do you not see all these benefits to Trump? Do you think it's like, like, where do you give them like on a scale one to 10? Cause me, I'm my expectation for, I don't do like scales. I think it's, I, I don't know. I can't say what if you stepped I, I'm, on a scale I'm, I'm and I'm, right now, I, I believe Trump, like if you had to choose between like, if he was president versus Hillary Clinton, I'm saying, you know, <laughs> Trump's a, a better option than Hillary Clinton for sure. But, uh, is he, uh, like the best president ever? I wouldn't say that at all. Um, but you know, I, I would say he's, he, he, he actually did surprise me. He's doing a better job than I thought he was going to do. Uh, we can say that. You you don't think he's done an above average job or no? Just like, okay. Uh, above average compared to what? Like the last three presidents? Yeah. 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 I would say above average compared to those. If, if they're the standard for average, I would say he's done above average. And that's the tough part for me because I he's the best in my lifetime, but that's literally my lifetime. It's like three. Oh, yeah, best so. in my lifetime too. I would say, um, just because you know we're we're young, we don't have a lot of that. Aren't you pumped up about that though? Aren't you amped up that it's like, man, Trump's really taking the media down. He's switching amped up. Amped up. Wars you just told me society's gonna crumble. Everything's going to no, shit. No, no, I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> no, 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 I'm optimistic, but I think the lines of which hold people together, just like the country, like there is elements of like what what makes us a country, not just borders, laws, language, and and cultural. I find that all of that, and and this is where you know a lot of christians agree with me probably muslims too and stuff where you could call it the devil you could call it evil you know you could call it wrong you could put a title on it but it seems like if you go to what the mainstream media is promoting you go to what the entertainment industry is promoting you look at what the rap industry the music industry is promoting you look at what most politicians are promoting it's literally almost the exact opposite of what's true and what's good and what's right and what's just and what's fair so my whole life i've known this and i've seen that and i was like something's not right and i'm starting to see although it has gotten better as far as overall i'm starting to see these effects wearing on the people where i find that if we don't choose the path of truth and love and light and 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 good then we're i keep saying we're on a one-way path to hell so it's like you continue to let people in the border you lobby to bring in people from the middle east into our country you pump the brains of our kids uh with all of this far leftism and cultural marxism you take over the education system you take over the media like at a certain point we're gonna we're gonna be out of luck and i i don't want that to happen i think we're strong enough but that's why i'm even saying with you know, I keep bringing up the fact that people are well-armed and stuff, because of course I don't want that to get to the po that point, but when it comes to the Constitution, the Second Amendment was there in case things kind of broke down or in case, you know, like the government overstepped their, 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 they got too much power. Like you're saying, Trump, that's why we have the Second Amendment in case Trump goes crazy or Hillary or the next person or Trump messes it up. And I don't want it to get there, but I do believe that we're one false step away from that happening and everyone kind of feels it. So it's, it's not that it's getting bad. It's just like, if we don't have a country, we don't get what Trump's trying to accomplish one way or another. We might find out that 
things are very close to broken down. And maybe, you know, and I, I, I think we're going to get to that point naturally, but I, it's one of those things people won't realize how close we were until it happens. And they're like, oh, shoot, maybe we shouldn't have lied for 22 two decades and lied to the kids and lied on the media and pushed and pushed and pushed and opened the border and flooded people with, you know, 40 million people that, you know, completely changed the the culture and the mindset and then pumping all the kids with this music of death and violence and murder and rape, like, and it's just like, yeah, that's not going to lead to a path of like, there might be less murders now, but I don't just the common sense, pragmatic version of me is like, there's no way this is going to work out well if they continue going this direction. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is we also have a bias, like just biologically, we have a bias towards looking at all the negative things that could go wrong that could basically kill us. And we oftentimes don't see the positive, which actually balance out a lot of those negatives. So there is a yin yang effect in a sense. Absolutely. If you go back in the 1950s, even when things were amazing, you still had people who were talking about doom and gloom. You had the freaking Russian nuclear, the Soviets with the nukes and kids had to get under their death and all these crazy things. Rock and roll was coming in and they're oh, absolutely corrupt the youth and everything. I mean, there's always these ideas that, you know, everything's going to shit all the time. And it's an idea that's, you know, it's seductive because our, our animal lizard brains like to look at that sort of stuff and analyze the threat. And it's what generates clicks. That's why media puts out a lot of this stuff that, like you said, it's oftentimes goes against all the good things that are good uh, in our nature, like, you know, family and tradition. Like, but if you put out all about family and tradition, it's not going to sell. That's why they put out the stuff about, you know, sex and this and that, because it, it generates more clicks. It's, it's what humans naturally gravitate towards to because of our selective focus no and i i agree that times are good my warning is more like most people and even on the right they're like it's terrible it's terrible it's terrible or even on the left it's terrible so i'm saying i'm agreeing with you in the sense of this is the greatest time ever but it won't be for very long if we continue down this path and a lot of these things you're talking about in the 70s and 80s they're starting to come to roost where i i would have said in the 80s you're crazy with rock and roll music it's fun it's dope and it was cool but those messages in music and those lifestyles you see in in the black community you have 70 percent plus you know uh parents out of wedlock in the white community it used to be almost non-existent now it's like 30 you know up to 40 percent my parent, I'm, I'm, I'm a product of a, a divorced household. Although my parents luckily are really great people. Thank you guys. They'll see that and be like, Hey, I'm like, no, I love you guys. You're great. But it's becoming like all those things where like, Oh, it's, I feel like it is coming to roost in a little bit where it's, you know, I, I wouldn't say that all those happened and they were wrong about it. I would almost say, Oh, they were like, my mom used to complain about how people were on welfare. She had to work hard. And I used to think she was so mean and, and like, hateful but now i'm like oh i get it she worked her ass off for low paying jobs for decades and her money was getting stolen by the federal government and i was like oh i get it now and then i i live in i think you do as well i'm not sure but california highest taxes most poverty so it's like I, and even it's gotten better in my city but homelessness and trash i've been here for five years it's gotten significantly worse significantly worse to the point where it's unavoidable and it's like these, there are things that are getting better, but the fabric of, of, of mindset where we have record high suicides because people's minds aren't right and social media, drugs have, have part to play. But I do believe it's the degradation of our culture that is really suffering. And, and it's, I don't know that 
even certain things were good you know certain things were worse back in the 60s 50s 40s obviously but you can look at certain statistics for every community and it was better in many ways where it's like why if we're so great which we are why is our food industry awful why is mcdonald's in america disgusting but if you go to europe it's actually like why is our own stuff bad why are we why are our pills more expensive to our own people it's like for all the great things that we're doing i love america and i'm very I feel like our culture has gotten to the peak level disgusting where there needs to be like a whole mental awakening soon or else Satan, Satan himself, nuance bro, will, will come reap the benefits. A lot of those things that you mentioned, they have to be put into context. So if you talk about, you know, record high suicide rates, them being so much higher, you have to look around the world. Where do we see suicide rates being so much higher? It's in these developed nations that are actually doing really well on almost every other metric. It's high in Japan, South Korea, a lot of the European countries. I mean, it's really high there and they have almost no murder rates. In fact, in places where you have super high murder rates, you almost see no suicides. So if we're going to talk about problems, you can always focus on a problem and be like, wow, things are so bad. But you don't look at the other side and see, oh, wow, things are so good well, on that front. When you say I mean, you don't look at the other side. Time. Yeah, no. Well, you're no. saying you don't look at the other. I do look at the other side. You're so you're, that's a false framing. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I why always... would we bring up the, the the high suicides is like how society's deteriorating? When in in, in a sense, it like suicides are a privilege of you know really developed societies that are doing well in a sense. Absolutely, so, do, that's just the nature of how things go. I agree, and a lot of the problems are from us doing so so well. Uh, and, and I don't disagree with that. But my two questions for you are do you think we have a huge mental health problem and there's a good meme as well where it says you know good times create like like yeah, yeah. But you know that that meme where it's basically like yeah we're at the good times obviously so it's like I, that's where I, I feel like great times create weak people weak weak people create hard times so i feel like we are the generation of weak people that are going to create hard times if we don't get our act together no, it's, it's absolutely possible. And that's, I actually put a tweet a while back that got a lot of attention. And it was this idea that I think we need some form of mandatory, like hardship training. Cause a lot of people like, because life is so good, people don't know what hard times are really like. They don't know how to build character that only comes from certain things, like having hard times yeah. or experiencing like, like I was lucky enough where even as a kid, I was able to travel to a lot of different types of countries and I was able to see just like the disparity between certain countries, like full of law situations, just different cultures, how people think and behave. And, you know, it, it really does affect you and you can actually see the extent to how different things are in the world. But a lot of people, they grow up in their little bubble. They never leave the tri-state area. They think like where they live is just how everything is. And yeah, they know things are going on in Syria, but they watch it on a screen they're super disconnected it's almost like it's a movie they can acknowledge it's happening in the world but it doesn't really it doesn't really connect and hit home and like as if you were really there we're, we're gonna get hard times training i agree we're gonna get it in real life because it, like we're yeah we're shifting the demographics and the culture and the mindset and it, to me it's not like it has nothing race religion as long as and this is where i agree with conservatives as long as you're gonna buy into the basic values of freedom and somewhat rule of law be a good person these are you know transcendent ideas but especially in america we like to try to live by them then it's okay but if you notice in in a lot of these countries that you were mentioning like japan and china 
very strict immigration, very strict refugee, very low crime, very low terrorism. That's not a coincidence. And it's, it's maybe controversial to talk about, but we're shifting the demographics. We're bringing in a culture that doesn't necessarily agree with us statistically. And then we're not, we're not pumping them like we used to with like a, Hey, this is America. Be grateful. And a lot of people are, a lot of my immigrant friends are the realest ones, but they're pumping the kids and all these people with like a message of hate and violence. So it's like not only they're bringing in cultures and ideologies that don't mesh with us, but they're pumping those ideologies into the people who are here. And eventually, like I'm already starting to see it in areas I grew up. They used to be lower middle class, like certain areas that I was I was born and raised. And now that they're breaking in, you know, different different people and different ideologies, it's getting worse. It was always not wealthy in these areas but there was yeah, never but you also see there the, was you never also see other you, you also see the opposite effect so i saw areas where i grew up in or areas where i you know i frequented and i saw a lot of areas that were really shitty and they got a lot better because of things like gentrification which is controversial and people are like oh gentrification is bad but in a sense it's actually very good in certain ways because it can lower crime and really develop certain areas and you know rising tides all boats it actually improves a lot of people's wages and things like that but uh, I, I think this whole immigration debate, people are like, well, if the demographics change, I think a lot of it you can also argue is just uh, the scale, like how fast do things also happen? Like the scale and rate at which things like immigration happen. If you imported like, let's say 100 million people tomorrow of a different culture that's radically different from ours, yeah, it's gonna create a ton of problems. But if maybe let's say those 100 people over a thousand years, it would be a lot different because then you have people who integrate into society if they don't create cultural enclaves and they intermarry and they have kids and they assimilate to the culture. It's it's way different. So that same hundred million could be way uh, it would wouldn't be as destructive if it happened over a longer period of time versus a short period of time. So you have to take in a lot of those things into account. I think a lot of people were like, well, these people are anti-immigration. It's like. Well, no, we, sh we can be pro-immigration, but also realize that there are problems if you import masses of people who have different cultures and different beliefs, and maybe they don't necessarily even want to assimilate or be Americans. You got to take all those into account. So, Well, um, I, I'm going to agree with you yeah. here, and it's I know it's not politically correct to say, but I don't care. In, in areas that gentrification is happening, the rent's going way up, and it's not good for locals in that sense. But the reason it's getting safer is because it's areas that aren't very white becoming more white and statistically just fbi statistics you know the white population is committing a, a smaller percentage of crimes than six to twelve percent of the population of others so yeah i agree with you but that's kind of what i'm talking about where in the media the white man is the devil the white person is the worst the white country is the most racist but in reality it almost seems like the opposite it seems like europe and america or wherever it wants to go and when white the big bad white person comes to town prices definitely move up. And I, I know people that are like, Anomaly, help me with uh, gentrification's raising my rent. And I'm like, I'll see what I can do. I, I don't disagree. That's a problem. But yes, yeah, safety does go up. And you know, I have friends, like black friends from Brooklyn who are like, dude, stop and frisk and gentrification. They were stopping a lot, but he's like, it did get safer. Like it's, it's, a, it's the truth. And, sure. that's and also race is just one metric. But for example, it's not just white people moving in. It's wealthy white people moving in, you know, that you have to take those into account as well. It's not just like, you know, 
meth heads from Arizona or something moving into these gentrified neighborhoods, which would yeah, also well, meth heads from Arizona are, aren't moving more than five feet usually. You know, they'll, they'll pass out on the couch. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm just saying. Meth heads are passing out. <laughs> I don't know. They say these. Well, you think me, you think meth head? Yeah, you might be right. But once once the high goes down, but uh, yeah, oh, it's yeah. it's like certain elements. It, I'm I'm. Puerto Rican, Italian, Polish, uh, Czechoslovakian. I have family that's like, you know, I have a mixed family because I have stepmothers and stepfathers and such. But the truth is, it's like Mexico is having its own issues and it's having, you know, record high crime rates and their rule of law is not. That's okay. But like at a certain point, if you don't have and and you'll probably semi agree with this, I don't know. If you take and take and like, yeah, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. But like, it, it it's just basic math and science. It's gonna become a problem. And it's like you have a population that's doing this, and and not only are they not trying to fix the problem, the media, like in Chicago, we have a horrible problem. And I'm no, like I said, I'm no like super fanatic of police. I know police can be corrupt and hor- they're humans who have a lot of power that abuse it. I'm sure quite frequently. I've seen it in my own town where I'm from, and I used to really not like police. Now I'm getting to the point where I'm not so hateful. But uh, in Chicago, there's a huge epidemic that no one wants to talk about because it's inner city crime. And I, I believe the media is complacent in the destruction of the black community in the sense of instead of trying to help them and get them out of it, not only financially, but like mentally and and and, and spiritually, they're doing the opposite. They're blame, victim. There's nothing you can do wrong. And it's not, it's not the truth for any society. Like I, I like the, what they call like the most extreme people that's what i'm starting to listen to now i'll listen to farrakhan or someone like i want to hear what white people and other people are doing give give me the tough truth you know what i'm saying say say what america <laughs> did tell me all the evil things america did and then we can help yeah, i don't know if, i don't know if farrakhan's the best arbiter of truth but, no i'm not i'm not <laughs> saying but and i do actually have something to bring that up on and now you're going to gain favor with my people because uh they they seem to overwhelmingly hate farrakhan but i'm that's just my personality where it's like give i'd rather i'd rather that and not agree with some of it and agree with some of it rather than this like sugar-coated like no there's no way you can do stuff wrong and and white people are really racist like no give me the stats give me the facts give me all the bad stuff you could say about everybody and then let's weed through it what's true what's obviously the first rule is people are individuals so there's going to be anomalies or nuances in every uh, <laughs> in every gender ethnicity, like all women don't have to do this, but statistically, and people are afraid of those type of things now. But I, even when I, I find it hilarious, I'm part Polish, and they used to say Polish people are stupid. I don't know why, if that roots in truth or something, but I never necessarily got mad at it. You know, I was just like, there must maybe like because I am kind of clumsy and certain. It was so typical was like, anti-immigrant sentiment. That's you know, if people don't speak your language, they appear dumber to you. But maybe, so, yeah. maybe like Polish, I'm like I am a little bit clumsy, but I'm also coordinated. Like maybe there's elements of truth. Like there's certain like if you look at the NBA or the or, or the you know that there's statistically a small percentage of the population is overrepresented. I, you could say it's people say this, that there's, there's a lot of explanations for it historically, but that's okay. Like the point I'm getting to is if we all are comfortable with ourselves, we're not going to get mad at the stereotype or the, you know, unless someone is trying to force it on you and you're like, relax, I like anime. I don't, I don't want to play basketball. Like, but it's, yeah, the, I, I find the, that the, the problem is a lot of times people will take those statistics and not understand that it means 
averages and then they'll apply it to everybody. That's the problem. It's a lot of people who just don't understand how statistics work. But on the immigration question, I think a lot of people, they oftentimes want it as immigration, good immigration, bad. It has to be that sort of binary. There's no, there's no nuance to it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we can agree. We, we both agree. I, I, I assume that mass immigration, like if a hundred million people came tomorrow, that's a horrible thing. That's just bad. But it's right? almost uh, pretty much regardless happening. of where they come. From. It's pretty much happened huh? over time, where no, it's like it's we're hundred million people are not coming in one. How day. many? How many illegals do we have now? I, how many tens of millions? Uh, estimates go from eleven million to about like twenty-five million or something. It's a lot, though. If if they came in one day, that would be a crisis. So that's where it's like, yeah, if, if they came in one day, don't come in one day. That's yeah, but if my thing. house, a lot of the people who cross the border oftentimes don't even stay here and they go back to their countries a lot. If, of times. if I don't, so want, I, I know, I know I people who've crossed the border like six times. No, you know it's I mean? ridiculously easy. But I, I, they told me my my friend who's uh, Mexican. He said he forgot his ID, and uh, they asked him. They're like, "Who was the last president?" And he was like, he said some like. Abraham Lincoln or something like he literally was like drunk. He didn't even know. And they laughed and let him in. Like he got the question wrong and they're like, ha you're good. And they're oh, like, I wasn't like, even talking about ports of entry. I was just uh, talking like it's that easy, border. though. <laughs> but, but um, all right. If my if, if I don't want this much of water to flood my street or, you know, this much water and it slowly increases when it gets to that point, I don't think it matters that it took 10 years. Like now I got to get. No, new. but you're assuming if it slowly increases, it's going to stay at and it's not going to actually disperse it's not you know going mean? to go down bro and i mean bro you assume it's you not going to go down but i say if you you looked at uh other method like immigration in the past from other communities a lot of them actually did integrate into society the problem comes when you put people in these cultural enclaves and you create these little neighborhoods like we had chinatowns and japan towns and korea towns and you know little italy and all those things that's not a good thing you don't want to put you know people in these hyper concentrated areas where they're going to basically not assimilate into the culture yeah but they're doing multiculturalism yeah, in that sense they're doing that though in in some in not somalia might as well yeah, be that's now, bad now, but, but in you, uh in, you want people to be integrated in minnesota you know ilhan omar one i believe i mean there's 80 90 000 people in in that community of somalians so they basically somalia followed that community okay whatever uh, yeah, that's but, not a good thing. It's not good to have these cultural enclaves. Yeah, I agree. And we can so it's yeah. not it's not just immigration, yes, immigration, no. It's also about how you do it. So that's that's uh that's what I'm about. I'm about the actual details and we need to focus on the details and not just say, well, is it either good or bad? It's like yeah. it can be good or bad either way. Is the media the evil enemy of the people for basically advocating for these type of stuff that the degradation of our society, the total, you know, non love of our basic culture of freedom and, you know, what I would consider personal liberties or whatever that we still somewhat have, you know, are they wrong for it seems like they're not only pro legal immigration, pro uh separation in a weird way you know with all this identity politics insanity do you think they're largely responsible for stuff like that and probably the total lobbying of those people coming there for which maybe they probably just literally planned um sorry i got a little off topic but do you think they're, that they're, they're the largely responsible for a lot of bad things happening and i'm just really against hyper centralized concentrated power in any sense for example Silicon Valley controls, you know, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and like all these different internet things that we all use and love. It's all hyper. It's it's kind of a a bit of a paradox. 
because these uh, these mediums are almost kind of like they're viewed as like democratized or like it's it's it, the internet's kind of this sort of decentralized power that allows people like you and I to get our ideas out there. It's not super hyper controlled, but at the same time, all those mediums are hyper concentrated in this small geographical area called Silicon Valley. And the same thing's true for mainstream media. A lot of it's in New York and DC, and it's just all hyper concentrated. And even people at Fox News who pretend they're like these right wing Republicans, at the same time, they live in, they have this like cosmopolitan bias of being in New York City. They, they don't, they're in their own little bubble. They don't really understand the rest of the country. So yeah, and uh, I, I don't like when all that stuff's super hyper concentrated in small geographical areas. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that you brought up, I got a good question for you in a second, but I like the fact that you brought up that the people are good. I agree with that. I live in California. People are like, you got to leave. Uh, California is filled with amazing people. I can I could chop it up with an illegal, uh, this person, that person. We're all good in the hood. It's more just like the macro management of our society. You know, that's what, but like on a local scale, I always say I'm not a police officer. I'm not a politician. My job is not to deport people or be mean to people. My job is to make sure my community is is safe. And, you know, that's so it's it's all love on that. But we're weighing in on a bigger thing. So what I want to get and this is actually nuanced. You're going to like this because this is going to gain you great favor with my my crowd. And it's going to put me in a bad light. But I, I, I like okay. to I like to nuance it up like you. So I'm not afraid of it. So are people in the comments like hate me right now. I, I don't know. Um. There's a lot of people are hating on Jews, even though we weren't even talking about them a lot. So once once I went on Owen Owen's stream, my friend Owen Benjamin, I feel like now we we got a lot of people. But he's he does good work. He's hilarious. But since then, people have been going hard. Anyway, uh, no, nah, yeah, some people are saying new nuance pros like CNN, and they're they're going kind of hard. But he's <laughs> not. It's uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into it in a second, but they he's you know nuance does really great work. Check out his videos. He's nothing like CNN. He's he's his own entity, whether you you agree with it or not. And he does. And and just for the record, like I I like to be a little contrarian. So even if I might agree with him on a lot of things, I'm I'm gonna try and play a little more on the other side, just because. You know, you, you frame this as a debate, so I'm going to try and make it a debate. No, you, that's your whole, anyway, what, what matters is the truth and what matters is the work. And you do better work than most people. What I've seen, you, you're able to break through narratives in a smart way where it's very rare. So and I know people want, they're saying, pick a side, do this. Like this is, yeah, it's healthy discussion, but make sure you do check out and show Nuance for Love. He's the real deal or else I wouldn't have him on here or I would be going harder. But anyway. Uh, I, I want to talk because you did a, a video on Ilhan Omar and you broke down basically how the right wing and Shapiro, well, I guess he is right wing. They were kind of exaggerating to the extent of what they were talking about. And we we're both in agreement of like, we don't agree with Ilhan. She has said some troubling things. But if you want to be honest, you got to separate those from this. And they were conflating them. Really, really good video. You showed quotes from Trump and everyone. But I disagreed with one thing. That's going to gain you heavy favor and it's going to put me in a bad light. Um, so we'll flip roles. You said after all this, you said that, you know, not it's not like Louis Farrakhan, who is obviously anti-Semitic, you said. And like I said, honestly, I've realized 95 percent of my audience hates him and it's going to agree with you. But what's your evidence that he's anti-Semitic, clearly anti-Semitic? 
Oh, I don't know. When he says the satanic Jews, or when he, you know, he. Right, let's them let's go. To let's termites. go. He's, yeah, let's go. Let's go one by one. All right, because I because I'm I'm a nuanced bro myself, and uh, I I I've heard troubling things from Farrakhan. I listen to him quite often, and I, there's things that I don't agree with, and largely I would like to debate him on certain things. But I find that a lot of the things that people think he said, he never actually said, or they take out of context. So, so we're going to go through those, even for my audience, who is now probably going to hate me, but low-key, they love it. Uh, so Satanic Jews, that's, that's a reference from the Bible, actually, Book of Revelation. So the, it, it basically says, you know, there are Jews who are not true Jews. Yeah, but why do you I, think he says it? I will make them of the synagogue of Satan. But that's like saying, why do you think Nuance Bro says he doesn't like multiculturalism? Is he racist? So that the, 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 and a lot of what I find is a lot of, a lot of Christian conservatives who hate Farrakhan will say the media is satanic, they're evil, and some of them are Jewish. So if those people, you know, they're satanic Christians in the, in the media, they're satanic Jews, is that not what everyone's saying, just in a different way? You're saying the people in the media are satanic Jews? Well, no, a lot of right-wingers will say that it's satanic people in the media, but then they'll say, oh, Farrakhan called Jews sa satanic, but he's, I feel like they're talking about the same Yeah, but people. one's anti-Semitism and the other one's why? just hatred for the media. It's why okay to it? hate the media, but like... But why do you think I, saying, if you, if you, so if you suggest that some jewish people are satanic and you're referencing the bible do you, do you find do that you that? think that's what he's doing though do you he's just like oh well you know it, but like what what does them having to be jewish have to do with anything like I, let's say i was like let's say someone was like those evil white people i'm not saying yeah. all white people are bad just that's those fine evil ones. i like, agree well, why'd you bring I, up the fact that they're white why don't i would you agree say some evil people no i agree but i would agree with it i'd be like for sure we got it seems to focus on the, the jewish thing a lot for sure but uh all right so we'll go say the satanic jews that was kind of taken out of proportion his his termite statement was said he said i'm not an anti-semite i'm anti-termite which is the same thing as basically saying i'm not anti-jewish i just don't like satanic jews i i just don't find it oh yeah you think so but why bring that up why if he's saying oh i'm not anti-semite i'm anti-termite and he does well, that weird thing yeah. mouth when he says it like you you don't see the subtle messagery there you I, to me if someone said don't i don't i don't i don't dislike white people but i don't like white devils i'd be like i'd be okay, like Clay, okay. i'd be like Clay, Clay and someone Bixby. came out let's just say tamika mallory goes yeah. up and she's like like I, I don't have to think of a, of a catchy rhyme uh i'm not gonna make it i'm not gonna make it rhyme. So yeah. let's say she was like oh i'm i'm not anti-white like she says it like this right yeah i'm not anti-white i'm anti-devil but like you know what I'm saying? If, if she's talking if, about the right people, I'd be like, the devil so much. They've been called white devils by people she admires, like Malcolm X when he was more radical and all these other figures who were explicitly anti-white. And then she's like, oh, I'm not anti-white. I'm anti-devil. You know, and then they have no black, they have no white friends and they have none of this and that and that. Yeah. You don't, you don't draw that parallel when he says, oh, I'm not anti-semi. I'm anti-termite. Like, what well, do you it, think that means? It, here's the thing. If, the context of the, her whole argument if she was pointing out bad white people i would be like go get them girl go get those white devil, devils baby girl as long as she's pointing out where where i find with farrakhan although there are elements for sure that like i'll just totally not agree with that like i don't we, we don't line up 100 percent. clearly we have quite different uh agenda paths here but um 
when he says these things and then you listen to the 10, 15 minute thing, he's calling out the wars. He's calling out the wars in the Middle East. He's calling out the media that's perverting, you know, the normal order of society. So I find that he does pick out the right Jews, just like when he goes at the right white people. Yeah, I mean, you can always find bad people who have good ideas on certain things. I mean, Hitler put fluoride in the water or something. Oh, you might agree fluoride in the water is bad, but I'm saying he believed in sanitized water. You know what I you, mean? You want it the fluoride mean, in the water, uh, Nuance? That's a bad thing. You're trying to put the fluoride in the water too, Nuance? No, I'm not, just take the fluoride out. Just <laughs> general water sanitation, right? No, like, yeah, you could, but that to me- Water sanitation is bad because a bad person believes in a, in, a, in a good thing. It's an extreme example though, where if, I mean, if you listen to, and maybe you disagree, because honestly, most of my, my audience probably does. But when I listen to Farrakhan, I find it's not like, oh, he, he was right about that one thing. It's like, oh, he's pretty much telling the truth about almost everything. But he does have an, he does have an agenda. He does have a, you know, yeah, I don't know about he the has truth a, about he has a He has a black Muslim agenda for sure. And his black Muslim yeah. agenda doesn't quite add up to my not black muslim agenda i would say pretty much all of that stuff is false by the way but if you like his a lot the, of what the arguments in the context you're of the stuff he's talking about islam? no i'm not that's what that's why i'm saying because people <laughs> get it wrong they're like anomaly you hate jews you did that no no not at all i actually am like literally my my friend who texts me all the time who will like send me links to stuff he's 100 percent jewish i was just chilling with roseanne i i have respect for israelis and jews highly and i don't discriminate against anyone but also, Farrakhan has said, he's like, if there can be good and bad Christians and good and bad Muslims, why in the world could there not be good and bad Jews? And even you said it yourself in the in the APAC thing where it's like, if you notice, if you start to touch on certain topics, they're like, you can't say that. It's anti-Semitic. It's anti-Semitic. You're like, is it though? Because like there is anti-Semitic. Anti yeah, but he hates white people too. I'm just saying he hates Jews and he hates white people. Well, to me, you know who, you what, know who what I, is? Not quite. Yeah, he believes that white people are the invention of this black scientist by the name of Yakub 6,600 years ago, and that they're this—they're a separate race from human beings. They're this mm. evil race created by this evil black scientist. But do you so know what's, He believes in kooky shit. You know what's funny about that? And this is the one thing where I think I'd be able to get him in a debate. Did you know he's actually part white? His father is mixed race and he's I'm white. Not, so I'm not surprised. He's pretty light skinned. I wouldn't be surprised so, at all. So there's the there's the hypocrisy there of like, okay, so are you part evil then? You know, if that's how you feel. So me, I just I'm at the point now. I just like and even in business, some people think I'm cold and mean because I manage myself, but I'm not. I'm just like trying to get to the point because I don't have time. Like kind of like Trump, if you read Art of the Deal, very similar. No, but uh, it's like I I I agree with you on that. I don't think everything he says is right. I just find him a lot funnier and more at like more to the point where it's like I'd rather. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't I, listen. I'll I'll watch people like Louis Farrakhan. No problem. I can like I can like laugh at a lot of the things they say just because it's so outrageous. Dude, he's I right. Love, he's right. I'll watch Alex so much, Jones though. and be, uh, this might get you know be controversial, but he's freaking hilarious. It's like, and he's not wrong. Him screaming and taking his shirt off and stuff. It's funny. But Alex is the same kind of way. We're like, do I agree with everything Alex says? Absolutely not. Do do some things I think he kind of runs with and not really. Yes, but the overarching theme seems to be spot on with Alex too. I mean, like I you find think overarching. Alex, he's spot on. You think so? 
with the with the globalists and he, he's he's using words that people are using now 10 15 20 years ago i think he understood yeah, he can talk about that but he gets almost like it's down to specifics he gets it wrong so often it's so overly over the top speculative it's ridiculous but i do think if you listen to farrakhan and give him like a 20 30 minute clip i've listened you, to farrakhan plenty you don't think he says has a lot of truth no, like, like, like I was saying, all these people can have aspects and elements of truth that can resonate a lot, but overall, they're usually pretty bad people who have really bad agendas and they say a lot of, like the Akub thing, like that's just ridiculous. When he, I think, when he starts talking about Jews being satanic and, you know, the termite thing, like, this I is think so. I mean, <laughs> I think some Jews are satanic. I think some Muslims are satanic. I think some Christians are satanic. I don't really believe I in Satan, so. so I don't believe yeah. in that satanic stuff. Yeah, so I, I believe that there's people of every race, religion, and gender that have, you know, opened their spirit to the devil. You know, so that to me, it doesn't. Yeah, but he focuses on the Jews a lot. So, <laughs> it doesn't. You know, he's well, not focusing on satanic Muslims, really. Yeah, no, well, I, I don't think he's even killed, but also if, you know, talking about percentages, you have one, two percent of populations who clearly have a lot more power and influence. So it's, it's, and, and there's zero percent media coverage on it at all. And if you talk about it, they'll say you can't talk about it. So it's like Christians, you can bash all day, white people, you could bash all day, but you can't even mention APAC. Those are the type of things where I'm like, all right, well, I want to get to the source and if more people i think were like farrakhan and trump and just saying what they felt i don't care that he thinks white people were created in a lab like to me i it doesn't even bother that me you know he thinks they're evil it, it still doesn't bother me i i think it's kind of hilarious and i i don't particularly believe in that but to well, me, i'm not triggered by it but i just think it's a stupid <laughs> idea it's pretty it's interesting to me even that's interesting where it's like it was it i created interesting and still stupid and incorrect like obviously <laughs> but weren't I, I like i like i like people like him and trump although they're obviously different and probably don't like each other very much to me if everyone was like that every like jewish people were like that muslims were like that christians were like that we'd get to the truth very quickly because farrakhan could say the craziest thing no, that's when of. society would collapse what you're talking no then it would be great would it would, everyone was like them it, it would, be, would be crazy. it would be great it would be like even like alex no, jones. civil war people don't like alex jones but it's like the media that censored alex jones is a hundred times worse than alex jones and it's like all the people that hate on farrakhan I feel like they're a hundred times less wise and accurate. I'm not saying he's the be all end all. I'm not saying Trump's the be all end all. I'm not saying that uh, Alex Jones is the be all end all. But in my personal perspective, if everyone just shot out how they felt, there's no like passive aggressive, like we don't want to build it. It's like, this is how I feel as a black Muslim. This is how I feel as a white. Yeah, but a lot Christian. of the feel are really stupid and wrong and shitty. So it doesn't but like that's, that's nice. That you, I guess you're being kind of honest about it. But even in a sense, like you think they're being honest, and a lot of times they're not being honest. But at like, least it's you think, at, like it's you think out this whole there. thing with Alex Jones and Joe Rogan is like honest stuff going on. You well, think I mean, Jones is like what he's saying about Joe Rogan is like true, like that he, that Joe's like this bad person who's been co-opted by the CIA or whatever. It's theatrical, and Alex definitely muddies the water a lot with a lot of stuff. Um, I'm not once again, he's not the be all end all, but. I just like people, even with, with Farrakhan, he doesn't mince his words. With Trump, he doesn't mince his words. To me, it, it's a lot easier to navigate. And then I could go to, to a Farrakhan. I could say, hey, 
that, that, and that, like he'll bring up points that the media would never bring up. And I'll be like, okay, interesting. But then the other points that like he's like, you are white. I hate you. You're creating in a lab. I'd be like, ah, I don't agree. But like, I guess I'm to me, I, I appreciate the, I appreciate the bluntness and that there's probably millions of people who feel the way the Farrakhan feels and they'll just never say it. I want it to be out there. Even when like, course, all like, I don't believe in censoring people. I don't believe in like ever trying to put that stuff down. I think it's important to see that stuff out there in the open. I think that's yeah. great. You and can it's, see he it's, help it's saying, helpful and it's helpful. I can still say that Farrakhan is not a good person. I mean, I I'll, I'll quote, Farrakhan in this and I think that like regardless of what you feel about him it's true and regardless of what God you believe in I'd say they asked him who is a good and bad Jew who's a good and bad Christian who's a good and bad Muslim he said only God knows you know I don't know who's good and bad I could I have my suspicions but only God knows who the good Sounds and bad are to me I think uh, I think he, he he speaks about those people a lot in pretty in pretty certain terms but then when someone asks him directly like that then he says well only God knows for sure it's like well then tell us what you think man don't use that cop well I'll I mean I'll I'll watch his nation of Islam streams where he's going hard because he's around his people I find it just blunt you know where it's like I there's certain parts of it that make me cringe a little bit because like it's yeah, like but a, don't confuse bluntness with honesty. No, I'm not. But when you're blunt, like don't don't confuse honesty with stupidity. Because you know if he says ninety percent honest stuff and ten percent oh, he's a stupid person. No, but I I'm saying his ideas are stupid. Yeah, but if if he's ninety percent honest and uh, I'm saying in an interview and you give him credit for twenty percent, it doesn't make that any less true or wise because you don't you don't credit it. And same I didn't with catch that part. Uh, well, I'm saying I, I think we have a different maybe belief of how much of it is is accurate or not. And I'm like I've I've not seen there's been elements where I'm like I I can't say I've seen every interview or something, but I with everybody, I hear what they say and then I go watch it for myself, and it's very rarely the same. With Trump, the reason I didn't like Trump was because I heard what other people were saying about him, and then I watched him and I was like, oh, this guy's pretty real. You know, I was like, he's calling out. Things I didn't think he was. And I heard all the things about Farrakhan. But to be honest, before I heard all the hate, I'd already known who he was. So it, I was like, what? And then I started. But it's like, it's not that he's the greatest person. It's not that there's not critiques and there's not falsities, I'm sure, in the argument. But when I hear people talk about him and I listen to him, I always find his his things more insightful, more intriguing. And I learn things. I, I have Christian friends that are really Christian and I'll, I'll have references to the Bible and Christian stories about Christians. And they're like, dude, I never heard of that. And they're like, where'd you hear that? I was like, Farrakhan, you know, like he'll teach me things about Christianity where I'm sure his agenda is, is probably not my, I, I actually know for sure it's not mine. And I don't necessarily think his overarching agenda is beneficial to, to me at all. But I find that I, I just can't ignore the wisdom and logic. And I find it very like, I'm starting to like these people where it's like, I don't like the sugar coating. Just give it to me raw and I'll take the good elements and I'll leave the bad elements. Yeah, I don't know. Like it to say it's raw, like it might appear raw to you because he's saying things that are not necessarily spoken in the mainstream. But yeah, I mean, it's raw necessary, necessarily and, and, and truthful. It could be that he's actually a pretty manipulative guy. And don't, don't you think he's saying a lot of the things that he's saying in order to 
manipulate his audience, manipulate, you know, some of the people watching him. And like a lot of it's manipulation. It's not necessarily raw truth that he's, you know, espousing. I agree that some of it is probably manipulation for his overarching agenda, you know, where he probably wants to draw people in and then hook, line and sinker for what he wants to do. But to me, like I'm only responsible for myself as far as when I watch it. So I take the gems and I don't take the bait. So, you know, I, I don't disagree. Yeah, I, I actually encourage everyone to always go and watch even some of the most despicable people out there. I think I don't you think can he's learn that despicable, though. I, felt, I, I just find it's a false narrative. I do agree that he's definitely a very good speaker and, and manipulative to what he wants. But like, man, I've, I've listened to people talk about him for a year. And honestly, for a while, I said nothing publicly because it's very controversial on the right wing. They'll, they'll try to ruin your life if you say you do listen to Farrakhan but like I've listened to hours of him speak and like dude I've disagreed with him a few times but I've learned like 50 things and also like a few the, times. the argument he's I making hope it's a little more than just a few times I mean just a few honestly and it, that goes against right. white people and stuff it's just like I like I just like the raw truth and if it's true it doesn't offend me like I don't believe that my yeah, I don't see my, my answer a lot of I don't see that my yes yeah, no, it's it, you're you're entitled to that opinion, but I I I guess you know I'm so deprived from not just the media, but like say right wingers. There's some people I enjoy. I like your channel because you actually do things that other people don't do. So I, I like to learn, and a lot of these right wingers I'm friends with, and and there's some people that do exceptional work, but a lot of them are just saying the same things I already know on loop. Like the GDP's yeah. up, you know, black and Hispanic unemployment's down. Like for sure we get it, bro. You know, <laughs> just it's like Charlie Kirk's statistics over yeah, and over again. And like even Charlie, sometimes he's got a cool statistic now every now and then. But like I like to learn. So like I'm tapped out of there this element where I have to go. It it's kind of like with Trump. People say to me, Do do you agree with the fact he did this or said this? I'm like, absolutely not. However, he's the only one doing it, baby. So let's go. So it's like same with Farrakhan. No, I understand like, what you're saying. With I, Farrakhan, I mean, he's the only saying, one. I always go so, out and I try to. Certain things he's the only one saying. So I'm like, I would love to find a source that could say similar things without potentially thinking I grew up in a lab. You know, like I, it's like, that's not my number one. I, I'm not like, yeah, let me, let me find a guy who thinks I grew up in a lab, but it just, it's like, why is Kanye bipolar? I don't know, but he makes great music. Like I can't deny greatness and I can't deny wisdom. And I, I find it like, it, it's weird. Like, I'm just like, man, I want, I want something raw. And I, it could be a little mean. It's like, yo, get your shit together, bro. And you're like, all right, you write down. Like it's, it's on some like, all right. It's, it's just more exciting to me than like, uh, the GDPs up. And the, I'm like, dude, the whole financial system's a lie and they could probably crash the market at any time. Like that's the type of stuff that's always appealed to me. Yeah. I mean, I always tell people like go out and learn new things that even things that you disagree with. I always tell people like people come to me like, Hey, what do you think are some news sources or some good like political commentators I should listen to in order to have a more nuanced perspective? I'm like, whatever you believe right now, go watch people who believe the opposite and listen to people like more than you listen to the people you agree with. And I say, go and look at, you know, cross-reference news sources, all that stuff. I'll go out and I'll look at like crazy conspiracy theories all the time. Like I'll look at like pretty controversial ones that are really bad. Uh, I won't say what they are, like but like what? I'll look into them just to like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the things get controversial, but I'm just, I look into things because I like to learn. And oftentimes I'll come across people who actually believe those things. And because I've researched th what they believe, 
I've also looked at counterpoints of what they believe and I, I can actually argue or have a conversation with them. And oftentimes I can persuade them away from believing some of the crazy things that they believe. So uh, I think it's important to, you know, look at all that stuff. None. And you made a good point. And that's what I really like about your videos as well, as you're always building an argument. Whereas if even I disagree with one or two things, most of the time it's structured in a way that it's almost hard, impossible to not agree with you because you've laid it out there so clearly. And, and I do similar stuff a lot, but that's what I like where it's like, whether it's Farrakhan, even like flat earth or, you know, all these things where people get a little too cocky i find like if you're if you believe in the the traditional globe theory or you hate farrakhan you're in the majority when it comes to conservative and basic science i guess you know so that's you can't get cocky still and i think that's the downfall where people just say f him racist bigot you know uh anti-semite where it's like you might be right but now you have to form that argument and explain exactly how. And I, I, what I'm starting to find is, you know, the left got lazy and called everyone racist, sexist, xenophobe. And then they realized they went from scientists to like complete morons over the course of five years. And now they don't even know science where that's kind of where I'm questioning the right. It's not that I'm telling you to go out there and join the nation of Islam, like not at all. I'm just saying when people go to debate these people and they start to formulate their arguments, I'm starting to realize that people have worse arguments than the people they're hating on and hate never looks good racist sexist anti-semite and if it's truly but like these labels to me even like like tell me why it's racist tell me why and a lot of people can't articulate so i, I find that that that's where a lot of people have gotten they've gotten so comfortable in their beliefs that they're not even able to formulate an argument even if they are right and there is a lot of valid things just show it to me and that's why i like people that are like bang 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 where it's like ah okay interesting you know um, it's a fun rabbit hole to pop down yeah i agree i don't like when people just parrot talking points that they've heard from other people like always go to the so if you're talking about someone like farrakhan and you're saying like oh well he's i think he's bad because of this and that and like this person told me this it's like always go to the source and you can make your good argument like i've gone to the source i can tell you the things he says is really bad usually so what's bad though that's it, like that's a blanket statement so I, I, the, what we talked I told you about like Yakub and all those different yeah. things. So I, I've, I've seen his stuff. Like I would encourage you to go look up his stuff about Yakub, which yeah. is an idea promoted by Mohammed, his teacher founder. I think he's the founder of the nation of Islam. I'm not entirely sure. Is it that but, bad though? Uh, like, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not, but like to me, I hear it's it. Bad I it's hear untruthful. It. It's just, it doesn't change my life at all in the sense of like, I, ca I can't disprove that. Like, obviously, I'm not of the thought that I'm created in a lab by a scientist to make evil. Like, obviously, I don't want to believe that. I've 6,600 years ago, very specific. I believe I'm a child of God and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, hopefully. But like, at the same time, I find it an intriguing argument and I can't particularly rule it out. It's not completely. an argument. It's a story. <laughs> And I, that's why, I honestly, not just that. That's obviously a more extreme one. But history... I find intriguing and uh, I don't, I see how much the media lies now. I'm not attached to history at all. So like a lot of people are like, like if, if it's over 200 years old, I'm already questioning it to the utmost extent. So if someone adds a little fuel to that fire with something else weird, a lot of people are like, no, cause they're so sure of themselves. But I look at the history books and I'm like, eh, I don't even believe half the stuff anyway. So <laughs> it doesn't buy, it doesn't like change my perception because I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't believe most of what they say. 
yeah, something doesn't have to affect your life personally to any sort of great or even minuscule degree for you to still say this is I don't like incorrect or wrong or bullshit information. So uh, when they talk about Yakub and, and it, it, it's to justify, you know, certain actions and beliefs and treatment towards people, which I don't like as well. So. Um, yeah, I mean the the, yeah. relig the religion agenda. If I've been saying this recently, because I really looked into it. If you really look at it, you have Muslims who are they believe Jesus was the prophet, not the God. Christians believe he was God. They believe he was a prophet warning, and then he's going to come back again. It's almost like, in a way, I feel like it's a self fulfilling prophecy where Muslims have this agenda of like potentially caliphate take over, apocalypse style. Jesus is back or God's back. Christians have like a, yo, something bad's going to happen probably, but like, it's going to be good. We're going to go to heaven. So it seems to me like, that's why I like to get to the root of the argument where even I'm, I'm losing the favor of my, um, of my audience. Now they're like anomalies getting wrecked. I, I knew it happened. They really hate, but I, I want to get it all out there. Cause it's like, there's some, like, even with all of our mindsets and our religions, there's something happening clearly. And if we don't, if we don't look at it, and we just label everyone as bad, and a lot of people do that with opposing religions or ideologies, then it's going to play out. And to be honest, I don't see it right at this moment, besides, of course, the heaven and the Bible stuff. Like, yeah, that's, that's great, obviously. But on a global, on a world scale, it's not going to end good for Americans or Christians, I believe, because I think other religions are, you know, overpopulating at a huge rate, gaining, you know, power, momentum, and you have christians where i believe it's more like aborting babies uh you know not not populating so a lot of my stuff is not anti like people are like oh anomalies anti-semitic or anti-christian like not at all i'm it's kind of like a warning to people where it's like dude if you're talking about the world it doesn't look like it's gonna work out well for you for us if we continue down this path so it's like these uncomfortable rabbit holes kind of to me i'm just like looking 50 years down the road and it's like dude if you you cannot or like farrakhan or anyone but if you don't pay attention to demographics and science and basic math it's not going to go well for us yeah i agree science is important and i think a lot of people ignore it or they'll you know they'll try to put out like they'll try to insult you or you know destroy your character for just having conversation about things but science is science and i think it's important uh, it's funny because the left used to be the party of science and then they, well at least they you know try to position themselves that way and be like oh look at these you know these conservatives that they believe in like young earth creationism and they're anti-evolution and they don't believe in global warming and this and that but then on the other hand they also don't believe in a lot of scientific stuff as well when it comes to like you know food safety gmos or even a lot of like the vac and stuff was started on the left so they're not they're kind of hypocrites in a way as well and and the big point i'm making and i know even a lot of people in my chat don't want to hear it when you become the reason the left is losing a lot is because they they just got too cocky like they thought science and truth and liberalism was just something that they owned rather than practiced you know it's like in your religion too it's like you can read the text and you can go to church but if you don't live the, the gospel you're not really doing yourself to service and i see that on the right wing and i'll take the heat because i know they don't want to hear this stuff and they get mad at me and call me all this stuff the reason i'm saying it is because the reason the right wing is winning now 
is because it's 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 rooted in self-accountability and truth and people are evolving and waking up and using science and reality but if you get to the point where you get cocky trump won your libtards were smart you're dumb they're racist everyone that's a bad person and you don't develop your argument or search and learn and evolve you're it's going to flip back or, or you know conservatives are going to take the l so a lot of people misconstrue me and they're like anomaly must feel this way he must really hate this no no, no i'm warning you that if you don't if you if you just think you're winning just because you're winning and you don't actually practice like debate discussion and get a valid argument the tables will turn again and you know it's like a, a battle of who can be less like cocky honestly it's it's pretty weird yeah I, I absolutely agree on that front because a lot of people you you saw in the election of trump a lot of people who, like most people are like, oh trump's never gonna win this and that like I don't, I don't personally know anyone who supports trump like people would have an idea but it's like they had no clue about people who lived outside of them they they had no clue even a lot of people that they might have known or encountered with in their day-to-day -day life would support trump but no one would actually voice it because the, the cult, they, they kind of molded the culture in a way where it's like, if you support Trump, you're a racist, xenophobe, bigot, this and that. It's like, okay, well, I'll just shut up then and I'll vote in secret and just not tell anybody. And, you know, they created that, that, that kind of, uh, that kind of, uh, that they created that sort of society where no one would want to talk about things. So if they shut down the debate and discussion, well, maybe you could have changed someone's mind who wanted to vote for Trump or whatever, mm -hmm. but you didn't even know they were voter in the first place because you were going to shame them to all hell and call them a bad person before you could even have a discussion so yeah like you were saying if the right wing does that with people on the left and calls them all libtard cuck and all that stuff well then it could like you said swing the other way as well yeah and even religion wise right obviously i'm not saying you can't question certain religions or have your skepticisms or go hard but there are people of certain religions that are trying to be conservative but they're not really welcome because people don't like their religion and they don't trust anyone from the religion. And I know these people, like they're not lying. It's just like everybody has their own interpretation and not everyone follows it word by word. That's true to every, so like you're gonna lose and the right's been good at that, but the left, they hated on everybody. They didn't wanna talk about it. You're a bad person. And that's with the, the not just Farrakhan, but that's one example where the right, I feel like they're dropping the ball a little bit. Not that they have to like him or believe everything he says, but you got to really fine tune your argument or else, you know, on a bigger scale. And even people are like, there's no way we're going to win. She's stupid. Alexandria Ocasio is stupid. It's like, dude, we can't do like, I'm, I'm just seeing flashbacks to like 2016 Democrat where I saw them dropping the ball. And I'm like, why are you doing this? And now it's, they're like, no, we can't lose. We're better than the libtards. It's like, dude, you're going to lose again. We got to, we got to like maintain strength and unity and, broaden i know people don't like trump democrats forever that are like dude i might vote for him just because they're so tired of the media like so tired and they never knew about it but they're it's like they're like dude f these people they're just pissing everyone off yeah the way the way a lot of people are treating AOC right now for example it's very reminiscent of when the left was treating people like uh trump they're like oh look at drumpf you know like these little stupid attacks on someone like trump like oh they called him drumpf like oh we, we owned him we just called him drumpf or with aoc they'll like you know they'll, they'll like talk about her buck teeth or whatever they'll, they'll just like little stupid insults like oh look she wore that expensive outfit during a yeah. gq shoot it's like yeah and she gave it back like that's how photo shoots work <laughs> these are the stupid fucking arguments against someone that you disagree with like talk about the policy talk about this don't engage in this like oh like 
the just some of the memes. Yeah, the, they're not funny and they're mean. It's really counterproductive. They're not funny. They're mean. They're counterproductive. And uh, it to me, it's like if I'm with a girl and she'll look over at another cute girl or someone who's not so cute, maybe, and just be like, look at her outfit. Like, I've never like that to me. That just screams like I'm not secure with Insecurity. myself. Exactly. So it's like I feel that with like I don't agree with most of what Cortez says, but either you're about the truth or you're just mad and it's it's not good to just be like hateful i don't hate alexandria because i don't hate there's people i strongly dislike and i i do believe probably need to be held accountable for what they're doing but i i don't live with hate and i feel like it's very unpopular on the left which is weird because my type of personality should be like trademark left but they hate me now low-key that i think they like me but i don't know but on the right too, it's like they want me to hate certain people, and I'm like, ah, it's not, it's not how I feel. Kind of like you. Sometimes yeah. they say you're on the fence. Like if I don't feel that way, it's not I'm on the fence. I literally just don't, I don't live that way, and I find it to be a lot more productive and helpful than like look at her, like look at her boots, and it's like, ah, <laughs> her boots. Yeah, with the cinema girl, I don't like her, but I was like. Honestly, she looked kind of cute. Like, yeah, she looked like she was going out to like a cheap bar or something. But I was like, uh, she she looked yeah, hotter. Who cares, man? This before. is not the important <laughs> stuff. Exactly. Well, we're, we'll wrap it up. And I'm going to put this on Apple Podcasts and Google Play as well for the Make America Debate Again podcast. This has been a great discussion. I knew it was going to flow easily because we were like, what should we talk about? I was like, dude, it's, it's going to be harder to stop talking. I know. I know we'll pop into it. So let people know where they can find you and then give them a closing statement. And guys, I can't tell if you're hating on me or Nuance Bro now because of all the earlier stuff. It might be directed towards me, but show him some love and really check out his videos. He might make you mad. He might challenge your preconditioned beliefs, but I guarantee you will watch Nuance Bro and learn something uh, and probably more than you will with other people. So show him some love. Yeah, I mean, if you want to find me, just youtube nuance bro twitter nuance bro, all that good stuff um thanks for having me on we, we you know we were talking about this for a while and people are like when are you gonna have nuance bro and you're like oh i don't know man he hasn't gotten me i'm like i'm always i'm here man i'm, I'm here to talk <laughs> no what I, I said it was i was like dude we were messaging and i was like he i was like he was getting annoying but it, i was like because i was like what are we talking about we couldn't figure it out and i was like it just kind of like i was like get excited or so i was joking you're like i'm i'm nuanced i'm not gonna get I'm excited. yeah i'm just like i don't it doesn't matter to me like whatever no but then i was what i mean everyone kept requesting you and then i was just watching your video and i, I was inspired i was like all right let me get nuance on the line because uh you know yeah, I, so I've, I, I've seen you like some of my twitter posts i'm like all right he knows what's up no all i like right. i genuinely I, i'm not afraid to say what how i feel about anything i genuinely like your videos and i i wouldn't say this if i didn't believe it it's not just pep i believe that you're doing some of the most important work because you're you're doing arguments people aren't making you're like everyone's doing certain topics all the time but you'll go at the topics that no one's doing and those are that's the things i like more than like i can listen to someone say what i already know but i'm trying to learn and i learn a lot and also clips like you're one of the only people besides me that i watch and i'm genuinely impressed not that i'm impressed with myself but you'll have clips of other things i wouldn't have found and i'm like oh i, I never saw that like the, the trump Dude, clip you know how hard it was to find that neil cavuto trump clip like Fox News is deleted. It, it doesn't exist on their stuff anymore. That was rare, what happened. bro. Like they must have gotten a message from Trump or something to delete that clip. But I had to like, I had to search hard, recruit help to find that clip. Yeah, you're tagged now. They got you now. The, the AI is onto you. They're like, Nuance Bro found the clip that we tried to delete. 
<laughs> All right. Well, thank you, brother. God bless everyone watching. We appreciate you. And and do check out Nuance. You might be mad like like me when I talk about Faircom, but low key, it's kind of funny, and you'll you'll probably learn something. So thank you guys. Make America debate again. We're out.